All right. Fucking right. We're back with an out in the rough golf. It's US Open week. And am I stoked? Yes. Are you guys stoked? Probably if you're listening to this golf co- podcast. Um, boy, am I ready to go. And boy, do I have my opinions about who I want to win this tournament. Are Anybody you just, else? Are, are you gonna? Are you just gonna spout <laughs> them gonna off, right off right now? <laughs> this is a seven-minute pod. It's just Dave letting it fly. And I just can't wait for my boy Rom to go ahead and take it here at Tory. <laughs> Damn, does he know your boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we got a U.S. Open, Tory Pines. Um, you know, U.S. Open, major championship. Always fun to fucking watch a U.S. Open championship. Um, a major, any major for that matter. Um, do I think Torrey Pines is a good course for a major championship? Not necessarily. Am I stoked that we get to watch a major this week? Yes. But, um, yeah, I think there could, be, could have been a better venue. Um, but... I'll just leave it at that and not go too much more into talking crap about that. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we've made it too long without mentioning the rough. Isn't that the obligatory thing when you talk US Open? You have to talk about how long the rough is going to (laughs) be immediately. Yeah, I mean, last year at Wingfoot, that was pretty much the theme. Narrow fairways, long rough. Um, that's pretty much the theme every year. Um, Aaron Hills wasn't necessarily like that, but uh, that's kind of their go-to move. Um, long-ass course, long-ass rough, fast-ass greens. <laughs> <laughs> that's the uh, recipe for a U.S. Open. Um, and that's what they're going to do at Torrey, I would imagine. And so you're going to have to be driving the golf ball straight and hitting fairways. 13 years since Tiger won it in a playoff with Rocco Mediate. I mean, we're going back to a pretty like, like delivering of event and venue. Like as much as the course is pretty mundane, like it, it consistently delivers pretty good winners. I mean, if we just look at the last six winner, seven winners of I mean, geez, I mean, since 20, 2011 of Tory Pines winners, Bubba, Brent Snedeker, Tiger Woods, Scott Stallings, Jason Day, Brent Snedeker again, John Rahm, Jason Day, Justin Rose, Mark Leishman, Patrick Reed. So it's, it's a definitely play- a horses for courses. Course. For sure. I mean, uh, you heard Brent Brent Snedeker's name twice. You Imagine heard Jason Day. Day. You heard Jason Day. You heard Jason Day's name twice, and you, and then you have guys like John Rahm, who's still freshly new to the course like in terms of like his career that you yeah. could easily repeat there again. Bubba but, has won multiple times there as well. You didn't say it twice, but like you're, you're thinking of Riviera. I am thinking yeah. of Riviera. Tigers won there seven times. Well, I, I don't think so. Yeah, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> At six, Riviera. Six, six times there. And so seven with the U.S. Open. So actually, yeah. yeah, I was joking, and it was actually a seven times. Mm-hmm. Tigers won seven times at, at Tory. At Tory, he's never won Riviera, and it's his event yeah. now. Yeah, which is crazy. It's it's been his event for a while, right? No, it's two years now where it's been his okay. event. Or maybe this was even I think two years. COVID okay. was his first year where it was like his event. Okay. And uh, the boy Rom 
was runner up in 2020 and won in 17. So coming off of last weekend on how pissed he probably is slash was, I feel like he is definitely going to be gunning this week. Yeah, that's definitely the uh, the vibe that's out there. I'm curious. Like, obviously, he just we just saw him play some of the best golf he's ever been playing, just dominating. Um, but he's like a a heavy favorite above DJ and Brooks and Bryson. Um, I feel like he also has a lot of public sentiment that the public is is backing Rom and not just just his play. Because yeah. he's like four. Let's see, he's plus nine or nine fifty, and then DJ drops down to thirteen hundred. So that's a big gap for golf. I feel like it's usually not that that huge. Yeah, I mean he he's a, a a pretty heavy favorite. I don't necessarily know if he like I'm a rom guy. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if it should be that spread apart. Like, uh, regardless, he plays well at Tory. Um, he drives the golf ball fucking straight as hell. Um, he gets tee to green essentially better than anyone on tour. Um, as long as the putter is going, which it did with that new putter he was using last or at Memorial, um, he has a good shot. And, you know, I think he can do it. And I'm ready for him to do it. He, he should be a major champion. He's going to be a major champion. It's just a matter of time. And he's the best golfer right now i was waiting for you to say in the world <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think this right is, now in the world <laughs> right now in the world. his best shot at at you know getting that first major there's no doubt especially with probably just so much like not even frustration but just drive to to come back after a weekend like last weekend and show that it wasn't a fluke that he's playing as good as he was. Not that anybody would question it, but, you know, kind of going from that, it's going to be big. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about it. Uh, But, you know, he has to get through all four days. He has to make sure he plays good golf and I'm just ready to see it. It sounds like everybody else is ready to see it too, not just me. I think the world is on Rombo. Yeah. I think he's got a great chance. I mean, for someone who I think is the most sober in terms of Rom and how I kind of perceive him and what I think he can do, I'm still very bullish on his chances there. Yeah. I mean, as Dave said, I think I'm of the same mindset that it's a horses for courses um, venue. And you kind of already ha- heard the names that have performed well there. I mean, if Leishman's form was better recently i would actually pin him as a pretty good option there because he had the lowest score at that venue since tiger in 1999 with his winning score the the conditions were a little bit easier that time around but you know i i would put a lot of weight behind the guys that have consistent success there so well yeah and he you know won in 2020 he was also a runner-up uh two other years like in the past decade so and he tends to show up at majors. Um, I've, I've, I've seen him play well at U.S. Opens and, and Masters events. So it's not like he's unfamiliar with like pressure to a degree. It's just having that same kind of success when he needs it at this venue, which I think it's a strong possibility too. And I'm sure if people were looking at odds right now, they're probably not too bad for, for Leishman. 
I've got them right here. I can tell you. Oh, Jeez. big daddy. Eighty-five leash. to one plus eighty-five hundred. Honestly, That's pretty the, good the, value. The same. Well, he's right there with Jason Kokrak, who won recently. Sung J M, who's clearly like just a stud. <laughs> Adam Scott and Gary Woodland, and Gary Woodland's been coming back into form as well. So, yeah. Uh, you know, Mark Leishman has actually got you know quote unquote worst odd worse odds than someone like Sergio Garcia who actually plays pretty well at uh, Torrey Pines as well. I think he was in contention pretty recently there. Um, so was that this year that he was, I think so. Yeah. At Farmers. It feels like an attorney ago, Yeah, but <laughs> what is time anymore? Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think he's not a bad bet. If you're going to be looking further down the, the, the sheet, uh, Phil Mickelson crept his way up to 55, the one with his recent PJ. <laughs> PJ Championship win. Do I mean, not touch that with a ten foot pole. I take to miss the cut for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's a safe, it's a relatively safe bet. <laughs> the last time he played well there, well, I say played well. I mean, the last time he was in the mix was 2011. He was runner up to Bubba. Okay, damn, that was a decade ago. <laughs> yeah. But he is, but he is the champ right now. But he so. is. You're right. We cannot take that away from him. He will not let us forget. <laughs> you will not. Served. You can't make this another PJ Championship yeah. uh, pod. But it was really impressive. And I mean, speaking of he, which, he's in the tournament, and he needs to fucking win this tournament to get the career Grand Slam. So there's always that narrative out there. And he just won the PGA. Could he get, you know, strike gold one more time? If there's anything that we know about golf is that like literally anyone could win any week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Catch lightning in a bottle. He'll have to do it at back to back majors, but you know, hey, who knows? What, what if he just on went on and did the fucking, the fucking fig jam slam, which is just <laughs> all of them just like the tiger slam, but like in this order where he'll win next year's masters. Yeah. At 50 something. Although I think incredible. that's the same order, I guess because they're out of order now, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Because Tiger's PJ was the last one of the year when he did it. Yeah. Either way, that's always a good narrative. Um, I'm fucking telling misses the cut. Besides, besides <laughs> really, uh, Rom, you know, people I would like to see win are obviously Jordan, of course. Um, I would like to see Brooks win another major. I always am down to see him add to the major count. I want to see him go and achieve just major greatness as far as winning major <laughs> championships goes. I'm majorly in on that. So Well, he is no stranger to the U.S. Open. So No, the, that, that is uh, generally a tournament he does well in. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I would, uh, I would assume – I'm not sure what his track record is at Tory in general, but uh, I would assume he's going to come to play. Um, I think that PGA Championship stung, and I think he's going to come with hopefully even better golf. Um, Do we hopefully think he's the knee's feeling now? a little better. I don't. I don't know if he's fully recovered, but you would assume you know Progress. he's feeling better than he was at the PGA Championship, yeah. or at least you would hope. If yeah. it's going the other direction, you have an issue and probably shouldn't be playing, you know? So, I don't know. I'm looking at uh, Data Golf's course fit tool, and it it's putting pretty much 
the two strongest, most important things of your game to keep on point is driving it far and ha- having good approach game. So yeah. as much as people rave about the rough being a, right. a factor and like being able to hit your driver accurately, it's it doesn't really seem to be that important of a tool. In for Tory, but Tory. this is Tory with US Open conditions. Yeah, it's still just like it, it, in in general, like it's gonna be a little different. Like I understand they're they're gonna be the best reference to go off of, but I think driving accuracy is going to play a little bit more this week at Tory than it would. You said the same thing about Wing. I was gonna say I feel like that we've busted that myth. Yeah, but that's one. That's one guy. There's a only a few guys that can hit it as far as Bryson and do what Bryson's doing. Yeah, so, I mean that would be an interesting guy to look out for this. Yeah, the the phenomenon Finau. I mean, and he was him. he was runner up. Uh, well, I mean, so were four other guys, but you know, He's always runner up. Patrick Patrick Reed. Yeah, that's his mo. <laughs> well, and I mean, it, I wouldn't be surprised if he finds himself in the mix here. Um, just in general, but I was looking at something, an article about, about the open. It of course brought up Spieth, but it was saying that he's like 176th right now um, in accuracy off the tee and like 99th in greens and regulation or something like that. This year. Yeah. Like right. Currently. I wouldn't really, I wouldn't have thought that. I thought he was hitting greens. I would I would think he wasn't driving the ball that great, but I, honestly, compared to anything else he's been doing, like I feel like he's just playing good golf. That's all I he's feel like. He's finding a way. Yeah. I mean, it almost doesn't even make sense that those numbers you were, you were saying because Well, I think that also just kind of goes to show how yeah, I mean, good he is short, at golf uh, if that around, is the case. Around the green, he must be number 1. That, yeah, uh, I mean, with those yeah. two you just said, around the green, he has to be, like, number one or two. And then putting, which he hasn't been that great in recently, he has to be up there as well. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense, his finishes. Right. Yeah. Uh, For how well he's played this year, like, how could it be that he's that far down? Yeah. But, I mean, that was that was an article from literally, uh, like, today. Speeth is 21st strokes gained T to green right now on tour. T to green. Yeah. So that, I mean, he doesn't have to be hitting. That doesn't matter if he's not hitting fairways, right? It's, right. It's, it's just getting T to green well. Yeah. yeah. Everything besides the green. Yeah. 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 For I sure. mean, he, he finds a way to hit greens, right? Do we think he has a legitimate chance this week, though? Uh, I, I, he, he's always got a chance. Let, let me rephrase I, it. Would, would you put your money on him to win this tournament? My money's on Rom I, to win this bit. <laughs> oh no way! <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that I would, and that's that's a combination of the fact that obviously he's chasing a Grand Slam. And just how well he has been playing this year. I mean, um, You're talking about Spieth? he has a U.S. Yeah. Open, so the Grand Slam doesn't really matter for that. Oh well, that's true. He needs it. Yeah, he needs a PGA. Yeah, yeah that's true. I'm an idiot. Don't worry about me, okay? Oh, it's <laughs> okay, man. I forgot he won back. What was that? Fifteen was Chambers Bay. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, True. son. But yeah, I mean, that, well, and the fact that he has Bay, won an, yeah. a U.S. Open in general, you know, what it was a unique venue, quite different from Tory. But yeah, I don't know what Spieth's record is at Tory. I want to say it's not very good. So I'm not really thinking it's Spieth's week. Yeah, even though I'm a, I ride hard for Spieth, but he's not at the like forethought of my my mind on who who who's gonna win it. You know. Well, and it, looking at uh, just Tory in general, he hasn't been runner-up or winner, obviously, um, in the past since he's been on tour. So yeah. he's he's never had like some great showing at Tory in general so far in his career. Clint, you mentioned the guy, and I know this is y'all can all groan and whine. Patrick Reed, I oh, think, is a guy. good pick <laughs> for this week. Well, I mean, he's won he there just twice. Won, he won this year. Yeah. Like, yeah. is he, what do you, like, won there him twice. winning the, at the same course in the same year, is that really something Tiger, that would happen? Tiger did it the year he won the US Open. I mean, I feel like anything someone can say, they'd be like, yeah, Tiger did that. Yeah. So, That's like, true. of course he did. Point. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Uh, is Patrick Reed Tiger Woods? No. no, he likes to think he is. He, 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 well, uh, that's, uh, it's not. Yeah. Is Pat? Does Patrick Reed think he's Tiger Woods? That's not the question. Is Patrick Reed Tiger Woods? I was, no. say, I was saying it in jest. Yeah. Do, so, does he have a a better shot because he's already played well this year? I think that you can't take that douchebag out of the mix. And um, also, would he have won know. if he didn't have that rules infraction shit that he got away with? I mean, I there's, there's yeah. all. I mean, you could say like he would have played differently coming in, but he won by like four shots or five shots. Was, yeah. But yeah, you can always say the what if butterfly. Yeah, he could have been DQ'd. It wouldn't have he been DQ. I mean, he. Yeah, we don't need to go into that whole saga. But, no, but he just... should have been kicked off tour. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, kick him off tour. <laughs> I would have loved that. I would have. I would have loved that. Yeah. Uh, but it's hilarious. I mean, you just randomly, you know, like bump into somebody else that plays golf or something and, and his name get br- gets brought up and everybody's like, fuck that guy. Like, can't stand him. He's a piece of shit. Like, every, everybody hates him. I don't, I, don't think I've, villain. I don't think there's one person I've ever heard say something positive about Patrick Reed other than he's really good and everybody loves to hate him. But – Man, back when we had the Ryder Cup with with Rory, like when he was officially became Captain America, he had a lot of love. I knew there were a lot of people back then who was like, "Man, this guy's got some attitude, some spunk." Yeah, the Ryder Cup people kind of just like turned a blind shoulder or whatever the phrase is. Blind eye, yeah, Yeah. turned a blind eye. Um, During the Ryder Cup, you're cheering for guys that you wouldn't normally cheer for just because they're you know, part of the U.S. team. So yeah. that's that's the main goal. You want the team to win. So, but that that match between Rory and Patrick Reed was unreal. It's like, some of the best television yeah. golf has ever produced. That finger wag, yeah, freaking awesome. And just Rory too. Rory oh, yeah. fucking chirping the crowd and just, oh, it was also, awesome. Pretty positive. Rory wasn't wearing a hat in that, if I remember correctly, which is just such a weird golf move. What the Ryder Cup? Yeah. It's because they're not they're not allowed to wear their sponsored material, and I think Rory's the kind of person that like if he doesn't have to wear sponsored shit, he's not going to. I just can't imagine playing golf without a hat on. Maybe that's a weird aside, but I I just... that's just you, man. Okay. 
I've done it before. I prefer a hat for sure. <laughs> Definitely uh, just be, to keep the sun on your eyes. I think it would be eyes. weird. It's a I'm, much more classic look for sure. I like it. And I, I played the other week without a hat on. Just Hey, congratulations. <laughs> I mean, you guys are saying like no one does. Well, I, I didn't I mean, I, I don't leave my house without a hat. I prefer the hat. I will say like thinking about every single time I've ever played golf, I can't think of many people I've seen on the course without a hat. It's just a thing. Apparently, it's just kid. Yeah, and Rory. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some guys that rock no hat on tour sometimes. Schneider jams, man. Yeah. Ollie. Ollie Schneider's. Schneider's his jails. <laughs> we are offline. I was, that, I was waiting for somebody to rein us back in. <laughs> yeah, just um, let so- it flow the way that it flows, okay? <laughs> Dave Dave's voiced his obvious uh, love for John Rahm, you know, being the pick this week, him being the the outright favorite. Um, anyone else kind of screaming off the page to you guys going into this week? If if you had to pick a heavy favorite, you know, if we're if we're doing the the top, you know, fifteen to twenty guys, yeah, you know, who 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 are you leaning toward? I mean. It's so obvious. Let me go exactly one spot down the list. Uh, DJ was playing great this weekend early on. I think his his give a damn kind of busted towards the weekend where he's like, I'm just thinking about getting to the U.S. Open. Um, but he seems to be in pretty good form. I could see him doing really well for sure. I don't know what his track record is at Tory, but I feel like it's not that great. Um, it's not so I, I don't think that DJ is going to do well. He'll probably make the cut. He might get a top 20, but uh, I don't think he's going to be really in contention come Sunday. DJ's, but it's just so hard to, even even if he hasn't played well there before, I think it's so hard to just completely cut him out of the mix with how well he can show up like back-to-back weekends. He's yeah, I mean, almost, I, he's almost no You can't count him that. out like he's – it he's the number one player in the world right now besides rom and i just you know you you can't count him out like he's gonna he, he he's gonna do what dj does and sometimes that's win well and kid didn't you say data golf said driving and wedge play were the two driving distance and then approach yeah that's uh, the as Dave, is, Dave said earlier, yeah. is like it, it's for the standard Tory sure. Pines event yeah. that, that takes place there. That's what the, the ratio is. I wouldn't put too much weight in that because they're saying the least important part of your game at that venue is around the greens and then like Patrick Reed won this right. year. But that all being said, like it's going to be – at the end of the day, if the rough is long, if you're a bomber, it's going to be easier to wedge things out into courses. It's it. I think you can make the same points about – Tory Pines as you did about Beth Page when we went to Beth Page. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, that being said, first round at Beth Page, Spieth played pretty well. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> may, may, maybe the he, first he, round. Find, he finds something. And it was DJ and Brooks coming down the stretch. These are all people yes. we've talked about. Yeah. But well, I don't and- really draw much correlation between Beth Page and Tory Pines, to be honest. Like, I don't really think that that, like, nah. But like with that. With the other stuff that you were saying there, I mean, how can you not talk about Bryson at that point? I mean, because 
because I won't. just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> he's the worst. Because I mean, I'm down we, to talk about Bryson. I think well, we hate him almost as much as as fucking Patrick hey, Reed. But keep me out of it, man. I okay. I just think he's an insanely meat-headed douchebag. But you with what with what kids said, I mean, those that can crush the ball. I mean, he's going and he can. You would go back to back. And he can he get more that. distance out of the rough as well. I so. think his record at Torrey Pines isn't awful, if I, if my brain is right. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's great either. I think it's like, yeah, he's making cuts and maybe getting top 20-ish. But uh, um, that's pure speculation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's a different golfer now. He's been doing this whole, like, I'm massive and hit the ball far thing for, you know, a year and a half or two years now. So who knows what could happen? It, it's kind of just kind of up in the wind with Bryson. Um, I think he's important to golf, honestly. Um, I think he's for people that don't like him, he's someone to root against. Um, and if you like him, you're you're cheering for him, and he's doing a lot of cool things. You know, yeah, the one length irons are something cool. Um, I've experimented with them. I think that's just one of the things he's done um he 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 definitely has a social media presence like twitch streaming fucking instagram all of all that sort of thing he's kind of a a a younger generation's golfer that could be helping get people that aren't ordinarily into the game into the game for lack of a better phrase there um so I don't necessarily think he's bad at all for the game. I can see how people don't like him. But, uh, yeah, going back to the, just the U.S. Open in general, Clint, you're right. He definitely is something, someone to think about for the tournament, for sure. You can't count him out. You definitely can't. And, I mean, like you said, he's he's doing – he's shaking golf up in a, in a way that not a, a ton of people have with just the things that he's doing. And – when you hear somebody as that's as good as Rory say, you know, the stuff that he said, I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting in general, but yeah, we don't, we definitely don't have to talk about Bryson long, but uh, I, I'm just saying he, he's somebody that you definitely can't count out of this mix. Is there any chance we get a Bryson Brooksy pairing? We don't have pairings yet, right? No, we don't have oh, pairings yet. Gosh, damn. Well, I would uh, just yeah. love if they both played good. Think if they were the two that were paired I would love up. For it to, I would love for it to happen organically. Yeah. Like, I don't want them to, like, just get paired up. On a like, Thursday. I think it would be cool, but I would rather have it happen organically so they both have something on the line, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. Like, hey, I'm trying to win this golf tournament, and I hate this guy next to me. Um, I think it would be a wild dynamic, but I think if they just pair them up, it's kind of like, uh, okay. Like, it's like, look at the USGA. They're trying to do the social media thing. I think it would still go. come out like net positive for them for because sure. people are going to tune it, tune in to see them paired up. But uh, I think it would be much better if it happened organically. But uh, regardless, I would love to see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – I wouldn't fault them for pairing them together right off the off the bat. I know a lot of people wouldn't have the same ne- like necessity for it being organic or not. People like want to see it. They want to see it. it. And if, if we don't get it, then 
we it it was a missed opportunity. Um, so if you had to put your money on whether they do it or don't, what would you say? I don't um, think they both. Yeah, I don't really know. I imagine Bryson's in somebody's ear saying. <laughs> I mean, Bryson I has like, uh, uh, um, yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I think if anything, they're probably lobbing. Like, if there's a chance that Bryson or Brooks's camp is lobbying for them not to do it because it'll be distracting for them. Exactly, I'm sure. But they- it's also that you made your own bed, yeah. like with this sort of thing. I, I don't really know. It'd be. It. I think at the end of the day, it. It would be better for them in terms of viewership, but they probably would underutilize what they had at their disposal. I doubt they would mic them up. I doubt yeah. they would put them in a position where they'd like make them like the focal point of the broadcast. So, and we have to remember that like it's NBC, yeah, like doing this too, who owns the Golf Channel, which is in partnership with the PGA Tour, which means they're not going to like lean into it as much. Yeah. I also would imagine if we did see this pairing or when we do see this pairing, I think it's going to be like not nearly as exciting as everybody thinks. Like, I, I don't think they're going to come out and be no, hooting not, and hollering. Like, they're, they're, they're just going to be playing golf and like they'll shake hands at the end. They're, they're not going to think do it'll blow anybody's mind. If they do, it would be fucking awesome, but I don't think either of them are going to do anything. Fuck no. Yeah. I, and I remember what I was going to say earlier. <laughs> um, fucking just. Bryson asking people to get removed for saying Brooksy and stuff like that. Like that's just, he, he's a vulnerable guy. They both like, are. Yeah. But I don't see Brooks asking for people to leave if something like that is going on. Well, it's also like a lot easier. I mean, this sounds really all- stupid, but, but ha- like you, I guess you could be like, Brycey or something like that to Brooks, but like it's just easier to say Brooksy yeah. versus you know like any other. You He's could, just I mean, dumb like, for doing DeChambeau-y it because or, like, there's gonna be people doing it every time more now. Like people are going to be saying Brooksy in his backswing or when he's teeing off like forever. Yeah, I feel like I mean this is the classic. If you're getting bullied, lean into it. Like. <laughs> after every shot i'd be like can brooksy do that i don't know like okay, yeah whatever you have to do something you can't just like go tell your mom to go get rid of those guys that are being mean to you that that never fixes the problem that'll just rally the bullies more don't we already kind of have the evidence that brooks is affected by these sorts of things though like beth page he started collapsing on sunday when the crowd was giving him shit yeah but he's never been like get that guy out of here yeah but he would still be affected by something if people came up with something yeah but i don't see him like being uh, i think have bryson saying like hey that guy needs to leave only encourages people to continue to do that more for sure i don't see brooks doing that like i do think like the crowd getting give it time brooks like he complained about people messing with his knee, maybe intentionally going I mean, after his knee. That's much different than people I'm just saying. Shouting. Like he has no issue like calling. He doesn't out mind people complaining. Yeah, that. or complaining about people. Just give it time. There's gonna yeah, be but shit. physical altercations are much different than people yelling. I'm not saying they're the like, same. They're thing. all used to. I'm not saying they're the same thing. Okay, that's what fine. I am saying is that he has no issue at least calling out people in in public or at least talking about the audience or the spectatorship in that sort of way, if this thing keeps escalating between Bryson and Brooks, he's going to start hearing some shit. And it's just a matter of 
if he is he going to be affected by it i think he will be he and might I, be and affected i think by I, it, and I, I think he has nothing that's going to stop him from like engaging with the crowd either yeah, for sure. I don't think he's going to play it in the same way Bryson would be like, this person needs to get kicked out. Well, I, and the I'm only, pretty re- sure. only reason that he won't now is because Bryson did, and he doesn't want to look like Bryson did in that situation. If it were vice versa, I wouldn't be surprised if he would have done that same thing. But now that Bryson has, I don't think he will. But I think it's because Bryson did it that he won't now, and not because – he's petty and would do it otherwise. I think that's a strong argument. Um, that that's probably the likelihood, mostly because I'm pretty sure he did chirp the audience at that page, but I just can't think of exactly what happened. So I could be misinformed about that, but I, I recall there being some, I think it was on the par three. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what happened. He also brought his sponsors in to help make fun of Bryson. So now I feel like he's fully pot committed to, I can't be the guy that kicks people out. I just said, if your time gets cut short, hit me up for some Michelob. So I feel like I he's probably not. Oh, look, did you get that I'm, from him? I, I, I got a I'm not even a Brooks guy, I a, dude. I got a full case from him. It's yeah, crazy. you're a Bryson guy. Pass that over to my square. I'm glad we're fully <laughs> doing a visual Thanks, bit man. for the podcast now. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to do. I, did, I just happen to have these in my fridge because the – kid that I play golf with here in my neighborhood is a grade A douchebag and he has a Michelob Ultra golf bag. <laughs> Does he go for jogs before he, he drinks his Michelob Ultra? Like Dude, if, if I brought him to play golf with y'all, y'all, y'all would, every single one of y'all would be like, never again. If you bring that kid one more time, I will kick you in the dick. I'm telling you. That's, he's listening. That, that, sounds, that would be amazing. <laughs> He's, the thing is, I could I could say his name. He knows you he's won't. a douchebag. He knows it's Sully. His name Definitely is Sully. Don't say he his knows, name. He knows he's a douchebag. It's hilarious. He'll um, tell you. He'll tell you that he is. I like it. I like how Clint's saying all this. He's like this guy I play with in the neighborhood all the time. <laughs> Honestly, he's my best friend. Yeah, he's kind of the only guy. Well, he lives on my golf course, so. And hey man, if you want to, you, you want you want to play with someone, you want to beat someone, you want to get a little competitive juices going. Well, and, and what is he a better than, golfer than what you? Could? Better, oh, I would assume by, so. By far, <laughs> who isn't by a better far. golfer? Than I'm just wondering. Like Clint's over here talking mad shit. Sully's probably at his house. Like this fucking guy is about to shoot a 115 again, and I got paired with him. Damn, maybe he's a douche because it's agony playing with you. <laughs> no, he can. Well, he can strike the ball. There's no doubt about it. And he, I mean, he's lived on a golf course his whole life and, and he's, he's a pretty, pretty good golfer, but he's like 23. He's a, he's a child yeah. and he's really cocky. So, but it's All no, right. it is no question. Getting away from the person. You can, you can, you can keep the, the conch right now and keep going, but we got Dave's number kind of one go-to guy with the event. We got, DJ from Ryan, who, who are you leaning toward in terms of those premier kind of guys? Yeah, I to say that I'm leaning towards anybody um, would be tough. Uh, Wait, you're standing you're, straight you're, up. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're telling me that the entire field is just equally capable of winning this event. No, what do you mean based on odds and like the gambling being no, valuable? but you know, you know who 
stripes the ball, hits it really long, and was runner up there when Patrick Reed won was Tony Finau. I wouldn't be surprised if he turned around and played really well there again. Now, granted, is he going to be able to go through to Sunday and, and play four good rounds? The second Doubt- time Clint Doubtful. brought up Finau, too. Yeah, I, I, think Finau, I think Finau's Clint's guy this week. But let's I, just lock him in at T4. Right yeah, now, T4, you know? T3. I'm all in. And if you want to bet, I'm top five. <laughs> yeah, I I think the chances of him being yeah being in the top five are really good. Will he Will he play four good rounds and win it? Doubtful, but I think that he's got a got a really good shot at at being in the mix this week. Um, and I my boy the leash. The leash. I mean, he won. Unleash the leash. <laughs> he won uh, last year. He's been um, runner-up two other times in the past decade uh, at Tory. I mean, he know he he could do it. I think uh, I think the leash could be somebody in contention as well. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about you know those some some of the bigger guys. I think those are two that could be in the mix who I would love to see win it just randomly, my boy Spieth. But uh, outside of that, you know, Ryan's favorite guy on tour, I think Spieth, you know, would be, would be great. <laughs> my boy <But>. Spieth. <laughs> well, Clint, it's, it's funny that you bring up Tony Finau as the guy who's going to win this week at Torrey Pines, because at the beginning of this year, um, we made our major predictions in January, who we thought was going to be winning each of these majors going to these different venues. And I chose Tony Finau to win at Torrey Pines here at this event. So Clint, stellar pick, man. Stellar pick. Um, did I pick John Rahm? You did pick John Rahm. Of course you I did. You picked John Rahm for every tournament of the year. No, but- yeah. it, it, just to recap Dave's major picks in January, he picked John Rahm to win this week at Torrey Pines, the U.S. Open. He chose Ricky to win at the Masters. He wasn't even at the <laughs> Masters. <laughs> he could have won it, though, if he did play. Well, you, you got to get there. Well, that's on them, man. Well, and he's not even – he didn't even make it here either, right? He did not. No, he did not. Listen, and we don't Phil need tried to, to give that. him his exemption. I saw, I yeah, saw that's that. bullshit. Phil should be able to get rid of his exemption to whoever he wants. <laughs> that's an exemption out there. He doesn't need it. Anyone could have it. <laughs> that somebody got it, and it just wasn't Rick. I don't think so. I don't think so. He should be able to have that for <laughs> like next year. Then, like if a, Phil didn't get to give it to Rick, he can hold on like, to it for like when it's he like can't a standby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, exactly. get on board, Mr. Fowler. Mr. Fowler, are you out there? Oh, um, he's out there, and he's willing to take it. He did barely miss getting through on the yeah, qualifier, which, is, which is brutal. But he did. But his first attempt at it was bleak. Yeah. Um, uh, Dave, do you remember who you picked to win the PGA Championship when we made these picks? Mm. (laughs) Morikawa. No, you chose Kevin Kisner. Because it was a home game. It was a home game. And guess what? But Kisner's form is awful this year. Kisner didn't even make it to the PGA and Dave's team. Like Listen, dude, I, yeah, I cut Kisner this year. And I, you know what? It's because he fucking did the damn arm lock putter. That guy needs to get his shit together. And stop I, using an arm lock putter? Yes. Fucking dip a horseshoe in your bottom lip, man. Get your shit together, buddy. I, I imagine I, he is. 
And I then, wish that they would ban those things, but we don't have to talk <laughs> about that. But I fucking hate them too. Oh my god! Yeah, it, I, I don't. I'm fine with it. It remains to be seen, but you had Joaquin Neiman for the Open this year, so who yeah. knows? It could still happen. <laughs> but you you did choose three of the four guys were on your fantasy team at the start of the year. So I feel like that may have had something to do with. I was going to say, that seems like the most <laughs> Dave thing ever. Your major pigs. Um, yeah. Ryan had, I don't remember. Ryan had, you had Rom for the Masters. You had JT this week at the US Open. Okay, you had, you had Tiger for the Open. That hurts a little bit. Um, and then you had DJ for the PGA. I did too. Yeah. Um, I had Sungjae at the Masters. Mm-mm. Nobody um, had Phil for the PGA probably. No. I had Tony Finau for the U.S. Open, DJ at Kiowa, and I have Xander to win at Royal St. George. Yeah. Xander also wouldn't be a terrible pick this week. From San Diego, he's starting to figure out, you know. I'm out on Xander ever since he went to Armagh Cutter. <laughs> I just completely doesn't change his ability to win a tournament. It, it actually probably makes well, it better. And Xander, Xander was one of the five that were T2 uh, when, when Reed won, so – Yep. So I when mean, was Xander. the last arm lock putter major win? Bryson at the U.S. Open, the US last, Open year. last year. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so can we Damn. do this? Can we dive into the arm lock because I don't understand the hate. I've been reading all of the the group texts and the the hatred from Dave, and I'd love to. Hear... I don't personally like it either. I think it should be banned, but. At the end of the day, I don't fault someone for choosing to go that route if they think it's going to be better results for them. So I think I, I agree with you, and That's I think because should he rides be... hard for Xander. <laughs> if you look back through all the group texts, though, whenever Dave's talking shit about the broomstick for Adam Scott or the arm lock putter for anyone, I've never participated in it. So even before Xander, like I don't like the way it looks particularly, um, but at no point have I ever vilified someone who arm watched strictly cuts. on looks for you or do you do you it's do you think it serves an advantage like of course i think it serves an advantage okay. well but it's part of the rules so like that's my thing is do it. we should separate is like should it be banned i think sure yes that's fine but punishing someone for doing something totally legal is what just does not make sense to i'm me. not punishing them hating on men yeah i'm <laughs> definitely doing that I, especially I, I for someone that comes it, out and says, "Hey, yeah, I think it should be banned," and I'm also gonna go do it real quick. Like, because it I just, gives them a competitive advantage. Yeah, but you think it should be banned? It's so contradicting to like what you think. So it's like, how authentic are you? How like, often do you hear CEOs talk about how like they should close these tax loopholes as right. their co- corporations continue to like Take work around advantage. them? Like, so why would you even bring it up then? I get maybe he was yeah. asked a question or something, but still, like, why would you answer the way you did if you are going to use? See, that I think part? you're. I think you're thinking about it in the wrong way. Like, I think Xander brought. I up- can think about it however I want to think about it, <laughs> and that's how I think about it. <laughs> so, Tim, it's interesting to me that you think that his answer was inauthentic because I think it was incredibly authentic. He said, "I think this provides me an advantage. The PGA is allowing me to do it. Therefore, I am going to do that." Did I say if, authentic? I thought you the did. Po- the point here is that you're, you're saying I don't know why he brought it up. And one, you, and you said he may have been asked a question. He was asked the question. And I actually give more credit to him for him saying, like, it should be banned. Like, he, he's the only person who's using the arm lock that's saying that it should be banned. Like, right. if there's anyone who's bringing more attention to showing and it. it was literally t- his first week using it, though. 
I don't so, understand your point. My point is saying is like he's doing more toward getting this band than anybody else. Right. They probably he's and more, he's using it though. Yes, he's using yeah, it. Yeah, it's fuck it's dumb. Don't use something that you think should be banned. Like it's stupid. So like, I, I think get, I think sure. it just goes to show that it does give in his mind a distinct advantage which is why he is doing it i see i a hundred percent see where you're coming from but i also see the point that kid and ryan are making in the sense that, i just like, don't think you can't that fault you the guy be... for doing something that is giving him an advantage sure, on the but course don't that's be legal. outspoken about it being banned if you're going to use it so you'd rather him just silently do just it silently yes do it. It's way better to silently do it, but like all of the guys what if, doing it. What if Xander talking about this is the reason that the USGA bans it? How would we ever know that? They could come out with an article that says after more outspoken, you know, people like Xander speaking to this thing's ability, we've taken consideration for professional players and we're deciding I think to... my response would be like, you guys are idiots for not ever knowing it before Xander said anything. No, they could have said we've been doing comprehensive research, but in addition to things we're hearing out from pros, someone like Xander Shoffley, like... I just don't get how this guy is clearly like in agreement with you that thinks it should be banned, but is taking advantage of it since it's illegal right now is someone like, I get that you don't like that he's doing it, but he's at least the most actively like outspoken about it. Like you are versus anyone else who's silently doing it like Webb, Kucher, or Bryson. I was going to say, yeah, ask Bryson if he thinks it should be banned. None versus... of them think it should be banned. That's my uh, more into my point. None of those guys think it should Who be banned. Who do you banned. have more respect for? Those guys or, or Xander? Well, you're talking about Bryson Kucher and Webb Web. Simpson. Yeah. I think Webb Simpson's a really, really, really great guy. Like in general, I think he's vanilla as fuck, but I think he's a very good human being. God, that's so not take my him point. I was going to say, that's no, not the question. Let me finish. The other two, Kucher's a fucking douchebag and bryson we all know bryson so it's so it just it's it's not an even good conversation yeah like have. i'm saying I, just think about the arm lock situation do you that should be more towards the xander thing it's like look at who let me rephrase my question it's kuchar and bryson like he's let going me, to join me, those guys let me rephrase <laughs> my question do you respect him less since he is doing something he actively thinks should be banned but you respect the people that are doing it because they don't think it's banned and it gives them an advantage. I hate the way he's doing it. I think he should <laughs> just come out and say, I don't like arm lack putting. It's stupid and should be banned. He shouldn't be using what he thinks should be banned. But it hey, gives him an I advantage. think this should be banned from the game, but guess what? I'm using it. Isn't that sort of like the pressure that like you if if more people do what Xander's you think doing? fucking Michael Jordan would do that? Do you think yes, fucking, Michael Jordan would do think, anything and everything like, to get a competitive advantage within the rules of the game? Well, then There's I a zero like percent chance that's a question. Well, then that, I don't like Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan only wants to win. Da Dave In the wants, hypothetical that Jordan would do this, then I fucking hate him. Okay. Da Dave wants to, Dave wants to live in a fantasy land where people play by like the standard by which he thinks the game should be played, and that like everyone should. It defer sounds any like advantage Xander thinks it should be played that way too, but he's willing to. Not... But he knows that he can do better if he plays by the rules. No, the thing is, he's falling on putting woes and doesn't putt. It's actually not true. He's not true. He's like in the top putter. five putting, yeah. he just thinks he get even better with this tactic. So, Dave, it, let me give you a hypothetical scenario. You are going to start drag racing, and this 
okay. venue that you're allowed to drag like race at. So far. Yeah, I think it's really cool. The, the Ford's going to do great. Going. Keep it so going. they allow nitrous, but that is not the traditional way to drag race. But it's legal at this particular venue. Are you going to use nitrous to make your car go faster? You're going to say, no, nah, I'm doing it old school, dog. It's not within the rule. <laughs> like, it's within the rules, but it's not how they used to do it. I like, would answer this question in a way like this. I don't know much about drag racing cars or street racing, <laughs> so I cannot properly was... answer the question. Do so you, because... Have you never seen Fast and the Furious? Obviously, <laughs> obviously nitrous course, helps. And of course, <laughs> yeah, we all know nitrous helps. And of course, you the guys at Fast and the Furious are definitely street racers and know what all the actual street racers think, right? <laughs> That's not Hollywood execs or anything Dave, like that. Dave, what would Paul Walker do? Just put yourself <laughs> in his shoes right now. Well, all, in those movies, it's Vin Diesel that uses nitrous and not Paul Walker. No, Paul Walker uses it too early. Okay, I'm not a uh, Fast and the Furious like, <laughs> like super can, can, stand. Can, so. I'll, I'll bat for Dave on, on this for the extent that like nitrous is a clear, definitive chemistry like advantage of this thing like sure. there there is still like room for like gray area whether or not arm locking is actually better than the other way i think that, that all the evidence shows that everyone who has switched to arm lock putting has gotten better at putting but this is also the same people that have fallen on putting woes and have gotten better because of it sure that all being said like the biomechanics of using arm lock putting reduces the small twitch muscles of your wrists and your hands and your fingers and just allowing your shoulders or your hips to create the yeah. actual stroke so it should theoretically be easier to putt and we're seeing that i i think the the slow arduous march of arm lock putting will continue down the tour and you will continue to see more people putting using arm lock putting 100 percent. i think it looks stupid and that's why i hate it but <laughs> I think that's I all. I it. think that's all fair. My point being is that, like, in 10, 15 years, if this isn't banned, I bet you it's either a 50 50 split or more people are arm lock putting than not. Yes. And I think that's sort of the point is that if, if it just slowly and silently makes that transition over, it won't get banned. But if more and more people are out, like, speaking outwardly about it, yeah. like, and they don't do anything, like, and that, that's one of the, I think, best ways for it to go away. And 100%. I, I don't love that. Xander's doing it, but I at least respect that. Like, he's like, look, I, I have to make a living out here. I have to be, be the best that I can. I need to do this for historical legacy reasons. But he doesn't have to make a living from Arnlock Putter. He's done just fine but without it. Just better. The point is, like, he's trying to well, be the bring, very best. Don't bring making a living into it. Like, he's fine making a living without an Arnlock Putter. All right, fuck off, Dave. He could, he's going to win the best, the most amount of tournaments possible if he okay, arm lock putts to him. Okay, that's a much better argument than making a living. Like, he, he's trying trying to 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 win as many tournaments and win as many majors and create a great legacy which i think would be tarnished by using arm lock putting <laughs> quite literally your opinion like, yeah that's dude everything i say on here is my opinion and let's let's we rewind and think of how many people like you couldn't even remember that bryson won the u.s open with arm lock putting like well, people no, are gonna forget course, that shit i, I mean can you name anybody that used an anchored putter other than adam, adam scott, scott. He wasn't anchoring. He was using a long putter. Yeah, he was anchoring. He at was the not Masters. anchoring at the Masters when he won. Yes, he wasn't anchoring. He was holding it up top. With no, his he was anchoring at the at the Masters. He was anchoring. That was before it got banned. 
That was my point. Was that do we put any asterisk on any anchored putt bands? Because uh, if we don't, I would then... put an asterisk on the Masters that at Adam Scott won. He hasn't won a he hasn't won a major since or before. Okay, such a stupid take. <laughs> but it's a take. But it is mine. a take. So suck you're on that i mean no. anywho, i'm you're, sorry you're, that i opened that one well you're retroactively looking at things that have been changed about the game and like once again like it was it was allowed back then to do those sorts of things people look for an advantage within the system got something out of it and now all of a sudden like with the new poly like when we look back and let's say they roll back the ball from the pro v1 to a balada let's say they make the driver head down to a 400 cc and not a 460 cc is every major before that an asterisk because they were using easier equipment like no No. the game is evolving all the time and you work with the confines of the rules at the time like at the end of the day like we spent too much time on this but yeah sorry that was the the main point of this is being that like you can have talking about the adam scott thing just like just in general general. with arm locking Yeah. yeah like I think to kind of put it back a, a bow on it, I think Xander's got a great chance this week. I think he's probably been thinking about this major more than just about anybody. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he notches out his first win this week. He's and that's my the... way of capping off the fourth person in this. So Clint said Tony Fino, Dave said Rom, Ryan said DJ, DJ, and I'm saying Xander. Yeah. I do well, honestly think I really really like the old fat trick too I hate as him. i mentioned earlier i don't like him i like him this week i think he can win yeah i well i wouldn't be surprised i mean the the back-to-back possibility when you've already played it well this year i mean can always be a factor but um boys carry on i gotta roll thanks for having me on later bud yeah, good appreciate to see you my guy later Later, some of the minches. What is some of the minches? <laughs> Later, dude. All right, we got our uh, our kind of front runners kind of out there in the wild for people to kind of take as they will, whether they like the picks or they don't. Um, you know, the most value out of the picks that we made there was clearly the Tony Finau bet, who actually historically, ha- like not historically, but hasn't been having the best year. Um, but it's still only 29 to 1, so still in like the top 10 of betting favorites. Patrick Reed actually has better odds. He's 30 to 1. Yeah, I, I think for, for me, I would still probably, I'd still probably take Tony Finau, but it's it's tough. Like, yeah, they're gonna. I would think they're gonna stretch, stretch out tour even more, and I don't know. Like how how well has Patrick Reed done on the historically, um, like he's, long rough well long he's, course? Has he done the U.S. Opens? I don't know. He's played pretty well at U.S. Opens. Yeah, isn't that usually like Thursday and Fridays? I mean, <coughs> I, I I I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like he's on the leaderboard on Thursday and Fridays and then like kind of falls out of like contention or yeah. being relative in the tournament. I mean, he at US Opens, he has one top five, one top 10, and four top 25s out of. That's pretty good. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Top five, top 10. So, I, I mean, he definitely 
can't rule him out. And I think that's what makes him a compelling villain is that he can show up and, and yeah. contend and, and be in the mix of someone who could theoretically kind of sweep, you know, sneak in from everybody and pull the rug out and kind of ruin, ruin the major, for <laughs> ruin the major for everyone. That's exactly right. Yeah. But you know, for, for the most part, I think you're not, I don't know. Like we've had a very long run of pretty well-renowned kind of grade a players winning majors i mean if we just rewind back over the last like you know four years yeah. we haven't really had like a lackluster major winner I, I would say the most being maybe shane lowry at at the open at port rush and yeah. the story was cool with him being from ireland yeah for sure and then being on the uh, hometown on the hero to a degree and i mean besides that like everyone else has been pretty pretty much kind of like those the Studs. big dogs yeah maybe except for your gur dog but... yeah hey he's a top tier stud <laughs> excuse me <laughs> i mean yeah i suppose i mean right now he's 90 to one he's yeah. right there with with worse than leishman and and, and sungjae and neither of them have majors yeah so it, he's not in that caliber of no 100 guys but he's not unfortunately but in my heart he is but we haven't had like you know we haven't had the we, no name. We, yeah, we haven't had a Danny Willett winner in yeah. a while. We haven't had, you know, a, uh, you know, we, we haven't had one of those guys throw kind of a wet blanket yeah. on, on the major. And it feels like we're overdue for one, but, you know, I, I'll, uh, I'll cross my fingers and hope that we don't get that. Yeah. Or at least I'll, I'll root for a guy who, other people might think he's a wet blanket, but I, I would the love year, it. Yeah. You know, someone like a Sungjae or a Scotty Scheffler, and people would be like, who the fuck is that? Do we think, I guess this would be an interesting idea, somebody who's not a bomber that could do well. Obviously, I mean, I don't know if you consider JT a bomber. He hits he's the ball sure. pretty long. He's for sure a bomber. Yeah. I mean, um, Patrick Reed is the person he's talking about. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess the example that I always think of is the, uh, like the Morikawa, like incredible ball striker that if they're just hitting fairways all week, they can really show up and hit a ton of greens and make a lot of birdies. Is there anybody like a Colin Morikawa that we think has a chance or do we think it's just going to be a bomber? Well, just talk, just speaking on Colin Morikawa, uh, you know, I think he is one of those guys that can be in contention at every single major. He's just one of those guys that has that insane talent that is like kind of that generational talent. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it's kind of hard to go off of that reference in general. Sure. But uh, I get what you were saying and I, I, I don't know. Uh, you you want to say like a Hovland or someone? Yeah, it's from the Hovland same prop, hits which is it like long. it doesn't that doesn't even like kind of answer your question when you say that. So I I don't know. There's definitely some like curveballs out there that you can definitely see winning, no doubt. It is interesting too. I'm just thinking back. The uh, the homie Max Homa said like a year ago, whenever it was, anywhere Tiger does well, Colin Morikawa does well. We just said Tiger's won here seven times. Maybe there's something to that. I mean, I don't really know what that that means. Like anywhere he, that Tiger does well, he, which is everywhere, does well. Like, because or, they're both incredible iron players. That's what he was getting at. Yeah, I, I mean that's all. That's all true. Um, 
I don't know. Like Morikawa didn't even play Torrey Pines this year. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have anything to go off of with him in terms of how he's going to perform here. He's an incredible ball striker. It's going to pay dividends. Like, like Dave said, he, he's, he's kind of in the ilk of like the Xanders and the John Roms where it's like their game's so well-rounded. Right. That, like it's hard to really imagine them not being able to possibly contend anywhere. At the same time, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of this is just kind of chalked up to, you know, how, how is this course going to play for other people where it's going to not possibly be an advantage having played these other ones? Maybe he benefits from the fact that he hasn't played there yet because he has no pre- preconceived notions right. about the course will play. I don't know. It, I think he's a completely safe pick. He's not necessarily a bomber to back to your point of like, who are we looking at? Who isn't necessarily a bomber that could play well here? Um, you know, we talked about Patrick Reed, Colin Morikawa is a, a potential option of that. And then, you know, someone who I think has consistently showed up at majors who isn't necessarily a bomber, but can kind of work their way around a lot of courses is Abraham answer. Like, yeah, that's actually, I've, I'm looking at him. He's right below Tommy Fleetwood in the odds. He's at uh 70 to one, which is good odds. And he's been playing good golf so far this year too yeah he has and you know i i think he's one of those guys where he can silently just kind of cruise along the first two days and then on the weekend he'll start just putting out like a couple 69s or maybe not for a u.s open but like he'll just kind of find himself there kind of knocking on the door with that like top like five to ten people on a sunday and yeah he hasn't been like a killer yet out here on tour, but he might sneak something out being one of those early groups going out at a major and maybe putting up a number. Yeah. I'll look at him and maybe a Will Zalatoris, you know, who Zalatoris is an interesting one where, I mean, but he actually like for how small he is, he kind of is a bomber, but yeah. Um, if we were to kind of disregard him from that group, he got a top 10 at Torrey Pines this year. Um, I don't know. I, I think he's a potential option as well for a lot of people out there. I'd be interested to see what kind of value he has. He hasn't been very loud recently. Okay. He's 41 to one. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's, it's decent odds, but he's still right there. Like in the top 20 guys. Yeah. That's um, pretty high. I don't know that I put him there. Like, yeah, I don't <laughs> like those odds. Yeah. For him. We'll I would see. like to see like 60 or 70 to one for Zalatoris. He hasn't been nearly as like, in the forefront like since he was like the first quarter this season up until the masters so i don't know it'll be it'll be interesting good doings early on are kind of fucking odds up what do you think about scotty chef who's right below him in the odds any interest there i don't know he i I don't know that he's played there before be there he could not be there i don't know about the chef the chef shows up or he doesn't he cooks up a meal or he doesn't he shows (laughs) up to Yeah, like it, it's just, you know, it, I wouldn't, I'm never surprised if I see Chef in the mix. And then at the same time, if he's not in the mix, you know, you're surprised. missing out on a good meal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit, you know, uh, biased when it comes to the chef, but yeah. I'm getting pretty I, I heavy on the chef bandwagon, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying his works. His, uh, He's put up a few good meals that I've enjoyed. And it's just amazing it's to see someone hit such good shots as they slip through a golf shot. <laughs> like it is quite literally like just like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like 
poetic athleticism that is going down. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He's like slipping and also just making the perfect move. Yeah. He's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> He uh he isn't notoriously that accurate off the tee, um, right. but he hits it far enough, and he has a relatively steep swing that, like, I think he would get be able to. Rough. Yeah, and he's just big. He's strong. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a terrible like venue for him. Honestly, like, I think he could pull something out. But like Dave said, like, you don't know what you're gonna get out of him every <laughs> week. That being said, like, he also like plays pretty well at majors like he shows up for them he was in contention at tpc harding park he he got into the top 20 at the masters you know he he puts himself in the mix he got third at the memorial that just happened yeah. like so i think he had a really bad he got second t- round at tory when he played at farmers he got a uh, he got t8 at the pga championship that yeah. we just had so like the the chef can get stuck get shit done i, I would if I were to bet the chef, though, I would tell people to bet for a top 10 and just hope for a good week from him. Mm-hmm. Um, he he isn't real. We haven't seen him be a killer out there. Like, he hasn't been a closer. We haven't seen him shut the door on people. He's no Mariano Rivera. He, sure. he doesn't just strike me as the kind of person who's going to – he needs to learn that on tour. Yeah. I think chef's the kind of person to me that feels like if he – once he wins, I think winning will become easier for yeah. him. But he needs to learn how to win. And 100%. for a lot of people that comes quickly and easy and some other people, it takes more time to get in the mix. Cause I mean, think of someone like Kevin Na, like Kevin law won like seven or eight years ago. And then he won again recently within the last three years. And then he rattled off like three or four more. Kevin wins. Na won this year. Like it just takes a minute, like to relearn those skills or learn them for the first right. time. And you might kind of catch some momentum and, and go on a bit of a run. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say, but, uh, yeah, I, I think he wouldn't be a, a terrible person to put a little bit of cheddar on. A little juice at 40 to Something 1, at, 41 to 1. Yeah, but I mean more for like a top 10 bet. Yeah, top, top 10. 10. I think top 10, Dave, you would be our gambling expert. Top 10 parlays, I think that's the way to bet golf. Uh, I think the or top 20 parlays maybe is more accurate. I... I haven't had much success in betting golf. Is that because Ricky Fowler's always in the mix? <laughs> no, I mean I've I've done decent, and then I do bad, and then I do decent. But uh, I think I'm right around even. Probably lost a little money, to be quite frank. I think if you're over fifty percent, that's really successful in gambling. <laughs> but uh, regardless, you know. The chef, I, I just, I've never really rolled with much money in on the chef. Um, I quite frankly have never been on the chef. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, this week at Tory, I wouldn't bet on the chef. He's <laughs> <laughs> just out. <laughs> We're ordering dominoes. Stay I'm away all, from the I'm, chef. He's out of the kitchen. No, I like the chef. I think he could totally be in contention. But am I going to roll some dice on the chef? No, but at the same time, I just told you guys that I don't necessarily do well at betting, so you could bet on the chef and prove me wrong. I don't know. You know? And, huh. and any uh, any closing thoughts on the U.S. Open or, or Tory? I have another thing I would want to talk about after, so I, I, I want to save some time for it. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, I got nothing, man. That's uh, I've spoken my piece. My closing thing about Tory and the U.S. Open is... Is it a U.S. Open? 
Yes. Yes. Given the title <laughs> of a U.S. Open, is it going to have an asterisk on it? Probably not. Some people might say it might, but you know, more, more often than not, they're going to have that as a major championship for them. If Ricky Fowler was in the field this week and won a major championship, would it be a major? Of course it would. Do you know who that's up to? Just Ricky Fowler. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's not really what that's about. It's about if it's a major. So, yes, it's a major championship. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone here loves Tory, but it, it consistently delivers pretty good winners with just some kind of more or less boring golf. Yeah. Um, but they, this year has got a lot to live up to with 2008. Um, you know, it's not going to, I doubt it's going to be as good as that. And we're coming (laughs) off of a hangover of an incredible Phil win. So I think with this thing, just delivering with, you know, a respectable winner that deserves it. That's um, an arm lock putt. And, uh, you know, I think that would be a, a winning week for, for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking, looking forward to the, another major and despite it being at Tory, but look, I, I think we might get some really exciting closing action, you know, on the, I mean, and to be broadcast. fair, Tory generally like Sunday coming in the stretch generally is pretty entertaining. I did have lunch at Tory Pines once when I was 12 and it was a good lunch. So I'm pro Tory Pines. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and that's so how we close. Pretty the sure I had a cheeseburger. <laughs> Cheeseburger in paradise. And you probably missed right. an opportunity to do cheeseburger at Tory Pines. Tory Pines. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. Listen, that's why we got a brainstorming. Yeah. <laughs> Moving right along, kid. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, looking forward to Tory Pines this week. Uh, seeing the, the, the fellas out there competing and uh, hopefully get a good winner and some good action going down. I want to move on to something that's recently come up uh, again. It's kind of been lingering out there in the, in the golf golf world, but I want to talk PGL. Oh, I want to talk these rival leagues that are, they're in the works. Uh, Some more news has come out around the, the premier golf league, uh, not to be uh, confused with what's being done in, with the Saudi Arabian backing. This is a, a different league. This is one that's been around for uh, a while. It's been spoken about. And that there is this confusion that it was involved with Saudi Arabia, which is not the case. There's, yeah. there's two competing leagues out there that are trying to woo over the PGA tours. Do um, we think that, that was a recent breakup? Like that they were the same thing and it was a breakup and they're like, Hey, we have no affiliation from the, from the, 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 audience and what has been expressed through the golf world uh my guess is that when the pgl was out looking for funding and trying to figure out how they're going to finance this huge venture i'm sure they were approached by a saudi arabian backing and there may have been brief talks but after you know the pgl but but nothing uh, has been brought up go ahead and when uh the when they had possibly had, you know, further discussion with other places that were far more amenable to them going forward with finances, they didn't go forward with Saudi Arabia or they never were. Um, but they, the Saudi Arabian backing group still was like, this is still a good idea. And at this, at this point, and just like business, like 
it's about being there first getting there why did it take like a year until the pgl said anything like we're not backed by saudi arabia we have no affiliation with any of that that's not a year they've been saying it for a long time well why was that the narrative then why was what the narrative that that the pgl was like dirty saudi money because they didn't believe them when they were saying it and they hadn't seen it yet. And then at the same time, another league has been getting started up by Saudi Arabian backing and people aren't paying that close attention to it to know which is which. Like, so it, it's just, uh, it's just a convoluted muddy thing when people are trying to get information about something that's not ready yet. So it's just a nature of people being giddy and anxious to learn about these things to a degree. Yeah. So you're just asking just a general, what do we think? Cause I don't, I don't think it's getting off the ground. I don't think it ever happens in my opinion. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna kind of speak broadly to it. Um, but you know, I, we can open it up with you guys thinking it. How much do you know about it? I've read about it and seen that they've approached some of the big guys and basically they're trying to bring in and correct me when I'm wrong, which will happen. Um, that they're trying to get big names and that basically players will have ownership and there's going to be more money for the the top 40 big dogs versus these guys being on the PGA and, and basically getting all these guys at the bottom of the list paid. Um, so this is a way to represent them a little bit more and do some more kind of team games and things like that is, is what I understand. Yeah. I, so I think it's, there's, there's two ways to look at it. There's the, I can think about it just kind of generally. And if I think like, can you convince these people to go over there? But I think you can only really truly appreciate how possible this is until you know the full extent of what the league is and what it can do and what kind of backing it has, what it kind of can provide to people and how the landscape will receive it. So until you know what's actually happening, can you really say the viability of it? And after they've had this more more announcements, had more dialogue with media, they've come out more firmly about what the timeline is and how things are going to work. So they're going to be coming out with their league in 2023, mm-hmm. which is not too far away. It'll be here very It'll soon. be 18 events. It was 10 in the U S but players who have been in dialogue with them. So they prefer 12 and they've adjusted for that. So this is still a dialogue with players, sure. a West coast swing and an East coast swing. And then they'll also have European Asian and Oceania events to make it more global. There's going to be 48 players in the league, 12 teams, four players on each team. They'll have, you know, a team owner, a team captain. It's going to be running the the F1 racing format. Right. And at the same time, they're going to have $20 million at each event, $4 million to the winner, $150K to whoever gets last. The biggest purse in the PGA Tour right now is a $15 million purse at the Players' Championship, the crown jewel of the PGA right. Tour. The winner of that gets $2.7 million. So we're talking about 18 events that all dwarf that in terms of amount yeah. of revenue. They already have all of the money organized. They have, we're talking billions of dollars at their disposal to make this happen. They're putting, let me get this figure again correctly. They have $13 million they're putting toward every single event in terms of infrastructure, production, what they're calling festivals of golf along every week where they'll have youth tournaments that lead into it and women's events that go into it leading up and then the way that they're doing their actual events are 54 whole tournaments five hours of broadcast being condensed into a shotgun start format where you get everyone on the course at the same time the most amount of content being able to be produced 
and just making it digestible and quick for the global audience, which doesn't have the attention span of sure this just not like this tedious long going yeah. like watch commercial. three different broadcasts with nothing but commercials right so that all being said it's then broken out where uh there's separate player and team championships going on simultaneously in the same way for f1 there's a, a constructors championship which is the team's championship with their two drivers throughout the season and then there's a driver's championship and then there's a one million dollar team bonus for how that team performs every single week that these occur yeah and then every single week, your, ta- your captain or your team owner goes into the week. Out of your four players, you choose the two that you think are hot and their points are going to count. Yeah. But it, that's for just the, like the, the team of, of the event of it. Those other people that don't get picked for the week still have an incentive because they're in the player race. Right. And there's bonuses for winning that or, or, or whatever else may be the case. And then it's an eight-month season, eight-month season. And they have up to $392 million in prize across the entire season which is enormous. Yeah. And then you have all of the things that come along with it being team-based. So yeah. you have, you know, free agency, you have drafts, you have this handoff of, you know, team ownership, you have merchandising, you have like different groups you can associate yourself with. So it's like, there's a lot more complexity and growth and like, I think culture around something like this than this sure. like hyper individualized PGA tour thing. And it has a lot more potential for monetization and like income growth. And it has the aspect of potential relegation too. They're talking right. about relegation being a part of this too. That would require cooperation with other tours for that to be possible. Right. Though. Yeah. Or they create sudden... their own mini tour system. Right. So I guess <clears throat> my main thought on it is like, Hey, that's super fucking exciting and interesting if they can actually get it off the ground. My question is like, how many players, like all of these guys grew up dreaming of being the, like the champion of Augusta. They've the winning majors, winning PGA tour events, which I know they can still play in, but all of the guys that are playing think of the world and have thought of the world their whole life as the PGA tour so it takes a lot of gusto and nerve to say like, all right, I'm going to go do this other thing where my stats don't count for history yet. And I'm not competing against the field. I used to be, this is a whole new thing. And not to mention like, sure. The money's really good, but like most of these guys are really, really, really well compensated anyway. Like if you look at the, the NBA and the, the super max contracts and how many guys are opting out. Cause they're like, I make enough money. I don't really want to sign a Supermax and live in Milwaukee when I can go to LA. And Actually, that like, just happened, though, and he did sign the Supermax yeah, and stay in Milwaukee. Was, yeah. And they're also making a tremendous amount of more money than golfers. Than golfers, sure. Uh, on the, the court, yes. But it just seems like, in general, these guys are bouncing around. And, and like, they would rather play on a good team. Look at, like, the KD could have signed Supermax. Kawhi could have signed Supermax. He's like, no, I'd rather go play with a team. I know this is a total basketball tangent, but I just think these guys would rather stay and keep making the good money they're making and not take risk in starting something new is how I feel about it. Uh, I just want to say, insert myself here. Go for it. Um, I like it. I like the PGO. I like the, uh, the idea of it. I think it's great competition is always good it ups the levels of everything um it'll be interesting to see 
who goes where, um, how all the majors decide to handle the whole situation. Um, but I think overall it's going to be good for the game. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to add a awesome dynamic to everything. I think it could be super entertaining. Like you said, adding a team dynamic is so awesome. Like a, like if you just have like a team with a bunch of guys that you just really like, like that's your fucking team. That's your fucking crew. Like, yeah, and the opportunity to market and sell jerseys or whatever it may be. Golf hats. jerseys is an interesting idea. I mean, I'm just spitballing. I know. But like jerseys, hats, or ball markers, or whatever it may be, tees, you know, they'll do whatever they do. But, you know, I I, I mean, I think it could be really cool. Like, I, I, I like the idea of it. I think the PGA Tour is, is – um, I get like guys like Rory and people who came up during the era they did and looked up to all these people and want to be able to try to maybe not like they might not care, but I'm just trying to build a narrative here, but try to get to the accolades of a Tiger Woods or someone like that. And that takes PGA tour wins. He won 80 plus PGA tour wins. I want to try to be able to be that, you know, and I want to, I want to be able to make sure that happens for guys under me. And we all want to be able to want to be able to be on the same scale as each other. And this is going to be history and stuff like that. And yeah, I think there's a way to, bring all that together and i think that's really just major championships like that's all that matters in the grand scheme and you can be on this tour you can be on that tour it doesn't really matter but what does matter is the major championships those show what the best golfers are they happen four times a year and if you come away with the most major championships you are the ball of shakala 20 inch blades on the impala man this is brooks kept his dream yeah i think this is perfect and and i get that's that's not a perfect scenario but i would take that with the excitement of something like the pgl and having team events and just i i think it will add something to golf i think it it, at at the very least it's an experiment we can do for the next five years that would be awesome to see um i hope i hope some like pretty decent names get involved because i think the first two years of this are going to be so so important and i hope some guys just are willing to lay it on the line i hope some guys like a morikawa or a hovland or like these younger guys that have like potential jump in on something like that to like be able to steamroll it and be able to make it last otherwise they're kind of fucked I would, if I could real quick, kid, uh, I think one of the best opportunities this has is for it to be a wake up call to the PGA and say, we should start including some of this stuff. Otherwise this thing might actually get off the ground. If the PGA says, Hey, we should do some of these team events. If we get this off the ground, then maybe we don't lose these guys to the PGA. It's also kind of, sorry to interrupt, but this kind of in inner, like brings in a different conversation of like, do you want one tour dominating everything that brings opinions into like 
just business in general. Sure. So I'm definitely for like having other people in competition. Um, but we don't have to go into that, but yeah. Um, well, I, I was of the same optimistic mindset around like these other tours. And I have said on the previous podcast that like, these will motivate the PGA tour to adapt and progress their, their, their competition, their format, their compensation, you know, their product in general. And, you know, the first inklings that we're seeing of this is them doing their player impact program. Right. And, uh, you know, if their idea of trying to better compensate their top talent is by doing these index scores for, for how much impact they have, and they're just paying them more, I think that defeats the purpose. Mm -hmm. Like for me, the compelling thing about the PGL is from what they've said, I think is a far more entertaining product. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that in 2023, the actual production, the actual product, despite the level of performance of players on it, if they just have some corollary of talent, I'm going to probably find that golf more entertaining purely for the, the reason that I can, I am confident that they're going to do a better job with the product because it's not going to, it's most likely not going to be flooded with commercials. If they actually are using F1 as their kind of barometer, F1 is extremely enjoyable to watch live. There is very limited commercial interruptions. It's very in-depth. They get, they get deep in the communication, the transparency, the team environment. Like if they can take that sort of level of transparency and depth and involvement in their production with golf, it's going to be night and day between the two. So in terms of a viewer and a fan, I'm going to find that polished premier isolated, insulated product to be far more compelling. The thing that the PGA tour kind of has going forward is that they're the, the, they're the rags to riches story. They're the, you know, we have this entire infrastructure and, you know, plethora of different leagues that work their way up to being on the PGA tour. That's the dream. You go, you know, mini tours to, you know, right. corn ferry to PGA, like trying to find your pathway into becoming, this this golfing elite at the top of the world and and that's that's a really compelling story whenever that does happen but they've been shown to not be capable of covering that story because it happens more often than not but we don't ever hear about they those just people really yeah, until you're one of the big 10 and at that care. point that story's already stale about where they right. came from it becomes more of a footnote of where they came from rather than following their progression as it happens so yeah. i just don't think on a large scale people are capable of covering that story unless you really have a good sense of scouting and who to follow and you're putting in a lot of production hours and people that may be insignificant at the end of the day. So it's a, it's a numbers game. It just doesn't feel I like the model you can actually is the way to go. I really do. I think, I think a, a small pay-per-view is the way to go, whether that's like the nine ninety nine like application thing or something like that, just so you can put on the best product. Like, do you I mean get... pay-per-view in the sense of like what like a Mayweather fight does, or do you mean pay-per-view no, in the sense of I like, mean uh, like you like buy like match. like like an ESPN Plus or something like that, like like you buy the PGL app and you pay five ninety nine a month or something like that and the 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 difficulty with that model is it, it requires a, an audience it, it requires an already entrenched baseline audience that can compensate for that ar that you need in reality so, the majority of where so you, you make give your, them you buy a year you give them the first six months free 
but you yeah. need, they have to still buy it and they have to be able to see it's worth buying. So the idea here is that you, you have to make it open at the beginning, at least so that you have traction. And also the majority of revenue comes from advertisers, whether that's people, not necessarily commercials, but advertisers yeah. that are associated with the league. Yeah. So that requires eyeballs and awareness and people engaging with it. So you have to build a user base or a viewership base before you can monetize in that fashion. There's a reason that someone like Apple releases Apple TV plus for four ninety nine at first and not fourteen ninety nine yeah. like someone like Netflix because they, they slowly increase. They make the barrier to entry harder when they have more of a user base. Golf has the inherent problem too of like how many people are free at eight AM on Thursday when it starts. Like it's hard to get viewership when maybe you you're do anti prime time. Well they, they they're saying that it's three days. So maybe you do the first day it's free. But if you want to watch, you know, the next two, right. you get the yeah, pay to play. Yeah. Something like that. I don't, I don't know. I'm definitely not. If I were an exec for this league, for the first three to five years, I'm not gating anything. I'm yeah. gating deeper production, maybe. Like, yeah. it's like you want to if see, you, want, bonus you want to have, you know, in the same way that. Oh, yeah. Maybe figure. Sorry. In the same way that F1 basically says it, like, do you want to watch just this driver the entire time? Their POV, their comps from their engineers, their team managing them, everything that's going on, following them for the week. You pay for our package that gives you in depth all the content at our disposal. Content at our disposal. If you are just like a general viewer and you're just trying to participate in the viewing experience of this particular event that's going on, then you get the standard production that's right. broadcast, you know, from through Sky Sports or whoever chooses the rights for this and domestically there's just different tier levels of engagement and you can pay for something deeper, but at no point are you gating the base level content. Right. That That's an interesting idea too. Cause I would like fucking start signing checks. If you said you can have John Rahm and his caddy mic'd up for this entire there, tournament. There's no chance they would do that. I know. I'm but, just saying like, if you really want to dive deep and get interest and get people to pay for what, stuff, yeah. that's what I would like. I'd sign up for that. And, in the, a and, the, and, the, and the deal is this stuff is not like difficult to come up with. Like this is obvious shit that yeah. they are for sure going to do. Yeah. Like there's just so much opportunity and what you're getting out of something like a PGL model too, is that like these guys are under contract. They have to play these 18 events without question. And they might be owners of teams. Like injured or some shit probably. Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the fact of the matter is like, you know what you're getting out of every single. Yeah out of every single week every week what's, what's the biggest thing that's plaguing so many different you know sports right now is that like if we take nba for instance like load management like yeah you don't know who you're going to get every yeah, night if you're buying tickets to friday night we, spurs it, lakers and lebron's not playing and then if you you get the same thing with a thing that's plaguing the nba is they, they have too many games there's just too much right 18 events a year it's clear what's important to these guys right if you count you count the majors into it there's 22 weeks a year where you should pay attention yeah like that's completely manageable for a lot of people. Yeah. Like that's less than the amount of like NFL games that are on. And like a lot of people use the NFL as a barometer of like, this is someone who cu like curates the right amount to properly monetize high volume events. It's the exact same amount of week. NFL just went to 17 No, games. but games, they, yep. they just have like, if, if they went, if, if you have 30 teams and everyone plays 17 games, that's if you cut that in half because people play each other. Yeah. It's, you know, it's eight and a half, eight and a half times. You said 17 weeks. Yeah. We're talking up to a little over a hundred. 150. Yeah. And if you take, you take 18 times three days a piece, it's not even coming close to that. 
so like it's 50s. it's actually yeah. condensing the value of these products into weeks that are extremely important yeah so like to me i think that's taking pride in your content and making sure that you get these things particularly right versus yeah. the pga tour model which is we have a, an event almost every, <laughs> every fucking week single of the week year, of the year and you have no idea who's going to play yeah until, until the friday Wednesday. before so it's like yeah, it makes, you don't know what to it makes every event count yeah that much more so to me they're they're doing i think a lot of things right with this and i, I think it it's gonna probably be an interesting start to this because of how hard the pga tour has played this with how it's you know the, this past year where jay mon has just said like if you leave this league you are banned indefinitely from returning right if this thing doesn't work out for you like you're not coming game over back. Yeah. and then there's been strong arms about how like the majors won't participate like i just don't see a tenable future for someone like the masters i think or it if takes, it, i i think it takes tiger doing it like firstly we don't even know if tiger's coming back tiger, so like, let's, let's, he's tiger still working on walking i know let's, I know, let, I know, I know. Let, let's just take for instance that like if you get and this will be a conservative number. If you get seven of the top 20 guys going to the PGL and then you fill in the bottom of that, that's still a significant, significant amount of like star power that is just not allowed at the majors. Like at that point, can you call them majors? If you're refusing to allow a certain part of the field, that's clearly qualified enough to participate your, from your events. But can you convince those seven guys? That's what I don't think happens. Like, how do you convince a John Rahm and a DJ and a Justin Thomas? I can tell you. I can, I can to your guys. I, it, it takes one of those, a step down. No, he, that's I'm not saying, his question. He's no, my like, question is, them? yeah. I can tell you right now that – 30 to $50 million payout up front to 13, uh, 11 players have already been penciled down. Those people include Dustin Johnson, Justin Rose, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Henrik Stenson, Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler, among others. And we already have on record from someone like Lee West, who said, I'll do it without a question. He's not a big name, but let me just say like sure. people are amenable to the idea of that amount of money. Bryson DeChambeau has very clearly walked and danced around these questions at press conferences saying like it's up to my team i listen to my agent yeah and you know what his agent's gonna say is i make money. a shitload yeah, of money he said i get 10 percent of that 30 like, million and bryson is becoming a huge name so like yeah these younger guys have no loyalty to the pga tour like this the, the, sure. the, the clever point that dave brought up earlier was about like what does rory mcelroy care about when he came up in his generation you know he cared about his pga tour wins he cared about his majors but then he visited tiger when he was hurt and he realized the only trophies that Tiger keeps in his fucking house are his 15 major trophies. Right. And it brought into perspective for him. If he's qualified to play in majors doing the PGL, they get re rewarded, you know, World, World Cup ranking point, World Cup, World, official World Golf ranking points. Yeah. And that is their problem to get into these sorts of events. Like, why stay? Like, we all know that people don't really care about PGA tour wins. Like nobody talks about those when they go forward. It matters to the insulated community. Yeah. Like, but you couldn't name. Don't go into that argument against Clint. Because like, apparently against Dustin Johnson and Brooke Kepka, it makes a, it, it makes a big difference. The, the main point being is that like, you know how many, and it's, it's a smaller number, so it's easier exactly. to keep up with, but it, it, it's, uh, it's easier. We measure people based on their majors. Yeah. And we measure them historically on that, on that card as well. So 
the prolifer the proliferation of leagues to me is a sign of people experimenting and trying to progress the product and, and try to bring the sport to a wider a wider group and the formula for what this package appears to be to me is far more compelling on that factor and you still get all the legacy of the majors is what i care about i i totally agree with that i think it's it's a really interesting idea i guess like the thing that's been in the back of my head this whole time is like the xfl we're now on about to be starting our third iteration of the xfl and it's never got off there's no question the american people love watching football and they do not give a shit so hopefully this more compelling content of the pgl can get people watching that versus the pga but i just think like there's something about these dominant leagues that have always existed that seem to keep their place and not have people get away so um, i'm just wondering if we can i, I do wouldn't it. i wouldn't really use that sort of example with the XFL and the NFL because it's such a domestic game. The, the NFL is very much just a nationalized league. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and, and the, the better comparison for this is what we already see within golf. There's a European tour league that already exists. There's a very popular domestic Japanese tour that gets insane rating numbers. Yeah. Like you can globalize this sport to a degree where the PGA tour doesn't seem as like a eight, eight, 800 pound gorilla in the room. Yeah. And if the PGL has a deep enough pockets and they know how this can work, if they can get their guys into the majors and they can really work and, you know, really clean up this kind of format and make it work really well for them. You don't need that many good guys. You, if you can get seven to eight of the top 20, and then you can fill in the rest with guys that'd be like, look, if I'm making this much money every week, Fuck who yeah. gives a shit? Yeah, they like, don't care you're going to get like a, they make more than they would ever make on the PGA just in a season almost. Like, firstly, there's guys that are coming toward the end of their careers too. So I think you have a sweet spot with, like, the guys that are coming toward the end that have, like, ratings numbers, and you have the new guys that are kind of coming into the mix. Right. Like, I don't want to put, like, words in, like, newer guys' mouths in terms of how, you know, well, like, they would stand by doing something like, like this. someone like a Maverick McNeely would be perfect for something like this, you know? Like, someone that is relatively new on tour doesn't necessarily have like great status or anything like that but could potentially be marketable and then you have to like try to get guys on their way out like a phil mickelson or someone like that that can you get bring... you get you get a justin rose you get a paul casey you, yeah. you you get these guys that have some sort of global name or footprint yeah. and then you sneak in this younger generation of guys you grab sung jm you grab cam smith you grab maverick mcneely you get you grab people that are already more global in terms of the game anyway yeah. like not people that have grown up always watching the pga tour like the idea you here get hideki on it right yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason. If you want that Japan market, and he's a, like the biggest superstar on tour. In terms of, yeah, in terms of that market, I for mean, sure. You but could like, just get the barn rat and you have it taken care of. The, uh, I think the biggest thing here is that like all of the, the gross like Saudi Arabia shit like isn't tainting this. All of, sure. the, all of the stuff, the only thing that just kind of ilks me about this is like whenever one of the founders talks about it, he gets so grandiose and philosophical. Like he starts quoting Thomas Jefferson about yeah. like the right to work and like being banned from this tour. Like you should be able to go wherever you want to like, so it's like, it, it's a little hand wavy at times, yeah. which kind of turns me off a little bit. But for the most part, like everything I've heard tactically about it has 
piques my interest greatly. And there's things I like about the PGA Tour. And I, and I think they do a lot of great things. And I, I don't want to see the PGA Tour go away. I think the idea of like having competing tours, be like, so like between these crops of guys, like, and you have these guys meeting up at majors, like, right. let's say Roy McIlroy decide to stay along with a handful of other people like Spieth and JT. But then you see that like Bryson, Brooks, DJ, these other guys, they went to the, they went to the PGL. It's almost like conferences. And then you, they meet up at majors and like, so who's been getting better practice and like who, whose caliber of play and performance within these different leagues is actually the truer. Right. And you start getting these conversations about like, so like who's better the Eastern or the Western conference really like they don't play, they're not going to be playing the regular season, but like, like who's truly like, getting like who's taking who's putting in the hardest test yeah. who's you know i think it's i think it's compelling and look if the if the pgl explodes and they bring in a hundred million new people to the sport of golf viewing it it's gonna benefit the pga tour to a degree for sure I, I, but i also understand that like it could also kill it yeah so <laughs> like there's a good and a bad version of this for people and there's a reason that jay monahan is trying to defend it tooth and nail he's gonna not let this happen as much as he can his worst nightmare is that the top 48 players in the world go to this tour which yeah. won't happen yeah but even the top like top 10 of the bottom 48 is not good for him holy shit hey. Hey. He's back. just like the fucking longhorns i'm back damn the guy is back holy shit oh he's gone though he's he's a little glitchy i'm back again damn dude that who would who could have seen this coming who could have seen this (laughs) i feel like i could have if i had to guess (laughs) i mean he was only gone for 50 minutes yeah you know it's like a quick dinner y'all have some mexican food what y'all do uh we did sushi Oh, that's the classy. Sush douche. <laughs> douche. Yeah, we did a full-on um, revolving sushi bar. If you've never done it, I would highly advise it. That was the oh, fastest man. dinner I've ever fucking seen, if that's the case. Like, <laughs> wow. Bro, it's right next door to the golf course. He just walked there. It's just well, down the fucking street. fucking right. <laughs> Clint, do you know what the PGL is and anything about it? Um, are we talking about the one like over in Abu Dhabi or wherever? Yeah, something like that. Uh, no, no, no kid just, just made like a kind of very exactly long the point, right? It's like people that don't pay attention, like think about like the Middle Eastern tour that's going to be coming out, like the thing that's being backed by like. Oh, I was going to go into that. Just elaborate on it. What? Is, yeah, you can't turn off your mic, dude. When you do that. But yeah, I was going to go into that and I was going to elaborate on it. But uh, yeah, it, it it is. That's what has been said, and I, I can let kid take it from here just to inform you a little bit, Clint. But uh, yeah, I mean, we essentially since you've been gone, the main topic of discussion has been about the PGL and mm-hmm. what it can do for the game and how it could potentially add a bit of just color to golf and just be something great i think i don't know not i don't know if everyone thinks that but i i do you know right yeah so the uh the the premise is is that this is there's two there's two divergent tours out there that are trying to kind of 
come about. They're trying to get started. One of them is the PGL, the Premier Golf League, which is getting its backing from um, the, from the British-based World Golf Group, which is worth in excess of $20 billion. And then there's another uh, league. I can't remember exactly what it's called. It might be the Super Golf League. I, I, I don't know. But it's uh, that's the more kind of like dirty money, like Saudi Arabian backed kind of like more controversial kind of thing. Um, They both are competing to kind of be this new disruptive tour. That's going to supplant like the, the PJ tour is like the thing to watch. And just to kind of spit off like what this is to you quickly, it's supposed to start in 2020, uh, January, 2023, 18 events a year, 12 of them in the U S the rest global, 48 players in this league only 12 and it's 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 following the format of f1 which means you have 12 teams they're four-man teams you have like a team principal or a team captain that makes decisions about whose points count each week and then simultaneously during the tour you have a team championship like season-long points race you have an individual players points race and then you get giant purses based on all those things so each event has a purse of 20 million dollars and the winner gets $4 million and last place gets 150 K. The largest purse on the PJ tour is 15 million. The winner got 2.7 million. And that was a PJ PJ, uh, the players championship run by the tour, their crown jewel event this year. And then each event, they spend $13 million in terms of infrastructure and making festival events or with youth, youth events at the same time and women's events at the same time. And then the, the broadcasting product, the production product is a 54 hole tournament that is a shotgun start, which means everyone's out of the course in the exact same time. They all start simultaneously. And the broadcast window of this product is uh, five hours where all of the golf is covered. There's no like coverage gaps or misplay because it's early and it's, it's condensed into a, 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 a premier product. And then uh, you have, like I said, two scores counted from each player. And then there's a team bonus weekly of $1 million based on each team's performance of the two players they chose for the points account. And then if you perform poorly at the end of the season, you're potentially capable of being regulated, regulated. So like taken out of the relegated, sorry. Um, uh, Taken out of the, taken out of the league and then new people brought in to create new fresh blood and competition. So like, there will be, and there's going to be match play playoffs as well with higher seeds choosing teams to play. Like it's an eighth month season, $392 million in prize money per, per season. And it has this potential of like free agency with the teams, trades, like drafts, like all sorts of crazy stuff. And then like you, it just has a much different feel than the standard kind of PJ tour run of the mill kind of product and program. What, how does that, how does that strike you? I, I mean, right off the bat, I'm for it. I mean, (laughs) that sounds amazing. I mean, if I was a golfer, I mean, by technicality, I'm a golfer. I was going to say you're a golfer, Clint. Don't (laughs) sell yourself short. (laughs) I'm, I'm technically a golfer, but if I was a professional golfer, I would drink that shit up all day and you damn sure bet that I would be gunning to be one of those 48 or 54, whatever, whatever the number you said it was, um, that are going to be honest, but add a little like context here. What we've been talking about is kind of the, the 
juxtaposition of someone who has been brought up like Rory McIlroy, who has sought after people like Sam Snead and legends of the game who have all these PGA tour wins and Tiger Woods and all these people. And that, that tour means so much to them and you need to somehow get guys like Rory McIlroy or Phil Mickelson or, you know, younger guys like a Victor Hovland or something like that. How do you go about getting those guys and convincing them that this tour is the way to go? And even if the PGA tour bans you, you're going to be okay. So I, I think the, and it's, maybe an unpopular opinion and may, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what y'all have said so far, but I think money talks to a lot of people. And I think that that's all there is to it. And it, it may be an unfortunate part of our world, but I mean, dude, money, money talks. And there are people that are thinking, wait, the most I've ever made in a tournament. And that's, well, the most anybody's ever made on, on a single tournaments 2.7 million and I didn't do that but I have the option of 4 million like 18 times in a season I think that uh and he talks and bullshit walks right I mean dude all day all day and I mean I I'm a big fan of you know the fact of the history of golf and how everything has played out over time and all the iconic moments. And, you know, there's so much to be said about all of that side of things, but it is a new day and age, dude. Shit is changing on the regular for the good and the bad. Uh, And I mean, that that's shaking things up pretty heavily. And I think that whoever is on top of it and is in the, in the like, production side of it and and getting things rolling knows that at the end of the day they will be able to get 48 polarizing people that will be down to go for that type of money i think and just to say one more thing on my part like never mind go ahead (laughs) so i I was gonna say one thing (laughs) so (laughs) Clint, you've missed so much. <laughs> so this feels like the the perfect lane for Brooks if he can still play majors, where he's like, "That's what I was gonna say." Is the majors? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so that sounds sorry. like a good point. I'll take it. No, no, no. <laughs> that that no, was what I was wanting to bring up to Clint was the the major championships and how much more they would mean. Because the majors aren't controlled by the PGA Tour. And so more, more likely than not that these guys from the PGL, if they decided to go over, would still be able to play in the major championships. And they would make those almost matter even more than they more, do now. More coveted than they are now, yeah. yeah. If, especially for the PGL people. Um, yeah, I mean, if you still – because they're not run by the PGA, I mean – if are, are, and just question, is PGA talking about banning anybody that goes yeah, 100%, to that? Yeah. 
yeah, oh. the commissioner has already come out and said that if you leave the PGA Tour to go to these other leagues, you will be banned. But Brooks has already said the PGA doesn't matter, and I just want majors. So, like, that's why I think he's a perfect example. He hasn't specifically we, said PGA. Uh, he said yeah. that he, he, he really cares only about cares majors. about majors, yeah. he, like, here, which is a big difference. You know, I, he's it, not throwing the PGA under the bus. It, right. Here, here's the deal. I, I think if we're trying to encap, you know, condense this down to, like, a very clear point here is that we're discussing whether or not this is viable. Can this thing succeed? It has to meet a certain threshold of compelling entertainment for people, which requires top talent, which means you have to get at least a certain amount of guys to come over for this to be viable. And then simultaneously, you need these majors to play along and allow these players from this league to come in and play, which means this league has to have associated weight to their performances. If it's just 48 guys, how do you weigh the competitive nature of that event versus the rest of the tours that have over 150 people playing in each event? Well, the closest comparison to something like that would be like a WGC event, which has right. between 72 and like 90 guys. And if, you know, depending on the circumstances, those, those events would be the closest barometer. And that would be the indicator. Like, look, you guys did it for the WGCs. The Just no take counts. a little bit more into account with, uh, with 48. And we have these, you know, what were, seven of the best 20 guys in it at the, you know, a start or 14 or something tenable enough to be able to get this tour off the ground. I think if you get, you know, 33% of the top 20 guys and you get the majors on board and you make the product as good as it potentially could be the first three years will be the hardest. But after that, I just don't see a world where this thing doesn't take off. So 33% of the top 20 though, that's six dudes. If yeah. you looked at the top 20, do you see six dudes that would cut and run? Because, again, Clint, that's I been think, my point the whole time, is I don't think there's dudes that what, are just, I think the younger wanna, generation is who you go after. You go after the younger guys but who – you need some staples. You like, need some big names that are – Like JT or DJ. I, I think or, you, no you, you got you, – hold, 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 yeah. First, you keep impressing, like, your decisions on these guys. So I'm going to ask you a more specific question about what's driving that decision sure. for you. But the quick thing for Clint is that I think you need two sides of this. You need the young guys that have no stake in the existing infrastructure. They're, they're seeing the world change before their eyes. And the, they're seeing the world change before their eyes in a bunch of different ways. And they're just like, look, this is the best opportunity, opportunity for me to do this for a living and be very comfortable going forward to a, you know, a huge degree. And at the same time, you need to be able to draw eyeballs. So you want to get the guys that are on the tail end of their career that don't have any stakes. Like, I'm not going to probably win a PGA Tour event for the rest of my career anyway. If I am, it's going to not going to change my legacy. If Justin Rose wins win one more PGA Tour event, what the fuck does it matter to him? So right. like, you grab these guys, and then the, the PGLs come out saying that they will pay thirty to fifty million dollars to like eleven key guys that they would love to see on their tour. They've already spoken out about those people being like Dustin Johnson, Justin Rose, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Henrik Stenson, Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler, Henrik Stenson, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Dustin Johnson. All of those guys, without question, would I think easily move over to that tour. Like, what do they stand to gain if they're still in majors at that point? They've won yeah. enough times on the PGA Especially Tour. Especially somebody like Adam Scott. I mean, yeah, like you that said. That guy's already Justin said out Rose. loud that, like, there's only four events that matter and, like, five or six. And DJ on the P- goes to the Middle East every single Stop year. Stop using that as the barometer. I know. I'm just saying, like, he's going where the money is. For one week, though. That's very different than losing his tour legacy. 
And but his okay. legacy's okay. already there. Okay, so I, I'm now prepared to ask you your question. Yeah. What do you think is deterring people more from leaving this? This idea of being part of this historical legacy-driven tradition of the PGA Tour and having your stats along the side of these other generational elites? Or are you saying that like, they don't want to risk their income stability and their job security. No, no, no. Hold on, uh, the job security of this going forward by this potentially flopping and them not being able to have somewhere else to go, go back to. No, no, no. It's 100% the first. It's, it's all that they want. Like these guys. Since Do they, they were, care about PJ Tour wins? I would think so. Since they were little kids learning how to play golf and be competitive golfers. I don't think DJ gives a fuck about PGA Tour wins. I don't buy that for a second. I don't even, though, so. even though he has as many as he does? Yeah, I don't think DJ There's gives no a way. fuck about it. You now, did just does it for the money. Are they saying... I, no, are they, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. I, I think DJ is kind of like the, like, I go with the flow kind of dude. Like, if he sees this and he's like, damn, that seems kind of fucking dope. Can... And... If those are even more coveted wins on PGL to get those wins to be in that tour, but besides, besides that being the point, Ryan, I want to press down a little bit further on PGA tour wins being like uh, a feather in the cap for people. Yeah. Like you have to understand that like the way that Sam Snead and Byron Nelson won PGA tour wins is not the same way that Dustin Johnson wins one now. So like this whole historical traditional legacy of wins on the PGA tour is kind of you just, just a, it's, 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 it's just, I don't, they're not, they won the tournament. No, but I'm saying you My don't po- think that's It's a important. veneer. It's like, it's, it's, they stick it on this as like this tried and true profession because it's their best strength to brand themselves as this particular thing. But if you really scrape away the bullshit, like there was like 60 guys in an event. They played even less tournaments. They're playing 54 events a year now. Like it's, it's flooded. It's oversaturated with these different wins that don't fucking matter. Like you think, like the idea that Victor Hovland has two wins, not even on the lower 48 continental U S like matters to him. Like he is. A I would think though. so. Well, I, mean, but I, I, I don't know. I, to me, like I can imagine that that's what you're, you've been thinking about trying to do this and compete at the PGA for a very long time and just say, eh, like, fuck it. I'm going to move on to the money. Like, I guess I, you got to stop saying well, that, like, this is only about the money, though. Like, you, it the, is the, only the, about the money. That no, would be the only reason to do it. Well, no, listen. I like, fundamentally thing, disagree. I want to be a part of a tour that's putting out the best product and have me. That might exist three years down the line. Like, so, like, you can either stay in what you know has been around for a very long time. Or you can risk it for the biscuit and maybe. I mean, it's a good point, Ryan. No, that's yeah. the other question I asked. Is like, is it the tradition of the PGA Tour or is it this thing potentially flopping? And you said it had nothing to do with this thing potentially no, flopping. I'm talking about your legacy. And so, like, if your legacy, you give up that whole chance at the legacy and then you're on this tour for three years and it flops, like, it, it's both. I think well, well, what if it, you're on it for three years and you make thirty million or to seventy-five million dollars? These guys already have more money than that's they could not, ever need. That's not necessarily true for a lot of these guys that are coming up. Like, and now they're just going to dominate the PGL. They're well, at least making a hundred. Uh, they're guaranteed hundred fifty k every way. Yeah, every week. Well, they're guaranteed seventy k if they miss the cut. No, they're and, not. No, they're guaranteed you, no, no money. money. No, when they if they make the cut. I'm sorry. Yeah, you have to. You make, make the, the cut, cut. You make seventy k. You have to make the cut. Yeah. But what what one thing that we may not be putting into perspective here is these. We're saying that what you said eighteen events a year, kid. Yeah. 
So think about that, being able to have a little bit more of a life, like you have the ability to make as good, if not twice, three, four, five times better of a living and have the ability to live your life and actually golf for fun a little bit more. Like instead of thinking week after week, after week, after week, after week, I got to fly here. I got to fly here. I got to fly here. I've got to be competitive. I've got to do this. Like you can go out and play courses for fun in the midst of your three week break. Like you're not balling with the boys. You're not going to do great. If you're just balling with the boys, like that's, that's not necessarily true, man. Look at Joel Damon. He goes and plays (laughs) fucking rounds with YouTubers and shit and then goes, wins a fucking tournament. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I, you could, you could at that point, I mean, and we don't know because it's never been a situation, but what, who's to say that you don't play the best golf of your life whenever the stress level is lowered and you're able to take a trip to fucking Cabo and go play some amazing courses for two weeks in your downtime with your family there. I mean, like you have, there's, there's a whole nother side to this that's not even in the equation that could be major for these guys. I've been riding hard for the PGL during this podcast, but the, the one thing that I feel like we're missing, which is one of the biggest things that the PGA tour has going for it is that they have professional autonomy, which means they get to choose their events. They get to choose where they play. They get to decide what their schedule for life looks like. There's some requirements. You have to play a certain number of events. You have to change it up a certain amount every year to kind of spread around the exposure for smaller events there is some regimented amount of, you know, flexibility with this. And then if you chose a PJ tour, you have to ask PJ tours permission to play European tour events or something else of that nature. But the, 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 the dark, the, the deeper level of this is that there is a certain amount of, you know, professional flexibility and autonomy for those top guys about what events they choose to be able to play. But that's that, that statement, that flexibility gets thrown out the window when that flexibility doesn't extend to a PGL event it very much becomes a situation where it's like, oh yeah, we'll give you permission to go play a European tour event. But if you go play the PGL, you're fucking banned. You can't come play Riviera. You can't come play this different event. Just a couple, we don't, we don't care about your exposure for those events because you've gone with the enemy. So it's like they're autonomous when they're the only tour that matters. It's kind of like, that's going to go away the moment that you guys all of a sudden have a real rivalry. Well, and I think that all that this, the, the whole like your band thing is just, I mean, that's pure fear factor. That's all that is. They're scared that that shit's going to take off. And they're saying, the second they get a big name, like, or two or three big names, like it's going to be a much different situation. Do you know who would be amazing for that? Ricky Fowler, somebody whose career, I mean, seriously though. Ricky Fowler, has he been uh, Dave, your boy? I mean, like, what has he done in the past five years? But he is he a perfect Rocket Mortgage Championship. And at the Memorial, he also top 10. He's been doing quite fine lately. So I don't need to hear any back talking or talking I'm, down on my boy. So I please, like no, no, Ricky just Fowler. don't just, yeah, I, shut it down. I don't want to get on a rookie tangent here, but I do. I, I have some questions for Ryan because you're, you're, you're of the mindset that like, no one will do this. Like no one will like, I, I, I don't think so. I want to, I want to hear your argument. Why someone like Henrik Stenson won't go to the PGL. What, give me a reason. Give me a reason. <laughs> Maybe Henrik Stenson. Goes. Give me a reason. So let give, me, hold on. Give me a reason. I'm, I'm going to give you a list of guys. 
Why Henrik Stenson wouldn't go? Why Justin Rose wouldn't go? Why Phil Mickelson wouldn't go? Why, why would these guys that Phil even said, I may never win again. Like, why would he care about sticking around when there's this other immediate paycheck? I mean, Phil has already made his legacy, especially after a PGA championship win. And he could go for how much a year? A year he would he, he would most likely get paid more than fifty million dollars up front to join this league. Yeah. Is this something that these guys like the PGA would talk about stripping their legacy though? Is this something no, that the PGA that's impossible? They can't retroactively, you can't, you, yeah, you can't do that. So like, you're talking about if Phil Mickelson went and they're like, Yeah, none of that matters. Those forty four no. wins don't count anymore. <laughs> yeah. We're actually pulling those away. Yeah. Those never happened. That's all I mean the, I mean, the NCAA is really good at trying to do that, but to answer your question, though, kid, if this league is Henrik Stenson, Phil Mickelson, and Justin Rose, that's not getting off the ground. You do realize that all it takes, though, is that if those guys go... All it and takes they- is a Will Zalatoris, a Victor Hovland, and a bunch of upcoming dudes, a Ma- Matthew Wolf, guys Here, like that that come I, I don't in. think that's getting off the ground. Let, okay, my point is that if you get four to six staples... Like people that have name recognition that can draw some eyeballs, that'll be enough to give. I think there's going to be people split. That people, I think a lot of people won't go if they don't think it's going to succeed. Yeah. Which is the big thing. If you get those staples there, then you get more freedom for someone like a Victor Hovland or a Matthew Wolf or a Colin Morikawa or people that don't have the same indebted nature to the culture of the PGA and be like, I'm, I've grown up through an era where disruption has been everywhere with the dot-com boom, with all this, everything is changing all the time for these kids. For them, they don't have as much legacy or loyalty sure. to some arbitrary institutionalized, you know, I agree. What I, what I would say is I, I don't think there's any way you can talk any of the big dogs into moving. Like I, like the the real big dogs, the best performers on the PGA. The you job. yourself said think, this is perfect for Brooks Kepka. And DJ. I don't think he'd do it. I think it's perfect for him. But I don't think he'd do it. Why wouldn't he do it? He only cares about the majors. He'd be making more money than ever. He already barely plays the tour as it is, and he uses injuries to be his kind of scapegoat for that. Like, why wouldn't he do it? Yeah, and eighteen a year versus trying to play almost every single week. I mean, that would play to Brooks's advantage. Heavily. Yeah, maybe he's the the one guy. But I would imagine. <laughs> Here's the next thing. Too. I would imagine Jay does not like it. Jay's gonna put what up a fight a for J- the majors. What about a Jay Day? He's a big name. Another he is a big name. He's, he's a huge. Draw, he's a it, huge it, name. He's a huge name in golf, but it's not gonna draw enough attention. Are you kidding me? You just said he's a huge name in golf, but he's not a big enough name. Like he's a huge, a huge name, but not a big enough. He's name. a huge <laughs> name in golf, but he's not a mainstream name. He's a he, he's. I would a, say no, by definition a mainstream name. No, he's not. He's a little bit before your time watching golf. If we're giving credit to that. Like Maybe. his, like he was, he was part of the written in big three. And he 20, was Jordan. Okay. He was Jordan before Jordan was Jordan. If it was simultaneously, okay. they both had their best Tim, success. In 2010, was 2000, Jordan. 2010 to 2015. Jason day was a massive yes. name. I feel like. Okay. I mean, if you run a fucking sports center special on Jason day today, how many people are tuning in to make sure they catch it? That's Regardless, what I'm talking about what when I say a big name is contradicting no, to yourself. No, it's not. 
that's Ryan, not- the, the point is that there's 48 guys and yes. Jason Day would be a benefit to that. Like without question. The main point I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make with this is that you just need to get the low hanging fruit with this for it to become easier and a lower barrier to entry for other guys. And there's two key people I think could actually be the most valuable for this league for it to possibly happen. The first one is that we know Brooks Kepka doesn't give a shit about PGA tour events. He's outspokenly sure. said that he only cares about majors. If the PGL retains majors and they have eligibility in them, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't go there. The other thing is Bryson DeChambeau has been intentionally opaque about his intentions toward this and he's deferred it to talking with his team to see what the best bet is he's been very intentionally unclear about his stance on this if they get those two people simultaneously i don't see a world where this thing doesn't take off look at the without well, a let's doubt just like conspiracy theory real right quick <laughs> they their well, whole put on feud, your tin hat their whole feud right now is to be a huge fucking gameplay for the pgl and the two opposite teams against each other. Dude, that could... head to head. That, uh, conspiracy or not, that could easily... Who knows if that's the whole basis behind what's going on right now. It could be. <laughs> it legitimately could. I mean, that is very conspiracy theory-ish. But, I mean... Who's to say that it's not? Those guys are fucking slipping five here, mil here, in these guys' here, pockets to be like, hey, y'all create this because telling you right now, you're going to be the face of this fucking league. We're, here's also the other thing that we need to keep in consideration is that we're only thinking about the ecosystem of pro golf right now. Sure. As if all of the exposure and value of golf is only this right now. Right. The main thing to think about here is that the idea is that we have an aging out demographics of golf it's the routine 60 year old guy on his couch on a sunday napping through the the broadcast it's like, probably slightly older than baseball the, yeah. the main thing here is that it the life that it takes to gain understanding about a sport and people is extremely short the idea here is that if the pgl's goal is to widen the audience and get new people into golf having a name almost doesn't matter because you can teach them about these people and character development and get these people on board with a new audience I didn't know anything about F1 two and a half, three years ago. I know every fucking person in that, in that, in that league right now, in that sport, and I'm riveted by it. And I didn't know any of these people three years ago. If they develop a story, if they get this thing involved in the production level they require, is a, all of a sudden, Will Zalatoris is a bigger name than 99 of the people, 99% of the people in the PGA Tour because he has a billion-dollar media machine pumping him yeah, up. Yeah, he's got a Netflix doc and all the... I, and I should say, I, I'm not against this idea. I think it's... Re, like, it would be awesome if it does happen. I, I love the team idea and all of that. I just don't know that the PGA lets it happen, and I don't know that the big well, names... Well, they can't the PGA is not gonna have The PGA is not going to have a choice. I think the thing to think about here is the fact that like the era that we're in, like think of how social media driven the golfers that are paying the bills for a lot of these places right now, outside of the like high end, high end country clubs that are made up of all these boomers that, you know, just have stupid amounts of money. Boomer bombs out here. I mean, like seriously, but outside of that, who runs golf right now? Look at all these golf Instagrams where it's a bunch of young kids that like to drink beer and play golf and bullshit with their buddies. That's the future of golf right now. 
I know that's a probably insane thing to say, but the way that golf is headed, I mean, the the old school ways and and the fact that, like I said, boomers are on their way out. I mean, it's the shit's about to change, and the PGL would be the best possible thing that could possibly happen to that. And the kids that are on Instagram and doing all this shit are going to be like ecstatic about having something like that. A shotgun start where you have nonstop coverage for five hours and you don't miss a fucking stroke. That sounds amazing. Like, just, all right, we got Jake Paul probably, versus Tiger Woods. Clint, next that's fight. probably the most legitimate thing I've heard you say on this podcast ever. In my Thanks, opinion, man. I think, Thanks. I think we can, we don't want to underemphasize the importance of this team format too. Like there's a reason that the most popular for sure vehicles for content out there is something team related, like the viewership for soccer, the viewership for the NFL, the viewership for basically all these team sports completely outweighs the viewership of things like golf or tennis or, you know, fucking skateboarding or surfing or whatever these individualized sports are you know you look at these sports whether it's cricket like or rugby like anything that's huge globally it's always team related it's just like this camaraderie of team and having someone who's not just like a, the moment it's a team all of a sudden it becomes less personalized and individualized driven and you don't ride or die with this person this personality of this person it's like you have this vehicle to always build a route for for sure which again and is I, why I think the pga will look into adopting those kind of things it's impossible it's Why? impossible for them drop to drop the ball on the fucking shit they're doing right now because like, their hey. model is a meritocracy it's a it's a model of you have an individual opportunity to go from nothing to a pga tour star the moment you have to rely on other people to get that point it, it breaks down their model because you have fluid amounts of events fluid amounts of fields and you have autonomy of professional choice like how do you make a team thing work if you get to choose your events and like they would have to break down the entire model of how they do things and who owns the teams, who runs the team, who manages them, what's their responsibilities. Like it's, it's too big to do that for them. Well, and think about the fact that, I mean, on the team side of things, there's, there's some major factors there that in golf could be such an advantage for some of these guys that can play well for, you know, two or three rounds but not four i mean it, like look at that they've got the guys that could come in on on the final day and and shoot seven under and they fucking were slap dicks the rest of the week but the guy that fucking shot 14 under for the first three rounds and you've got that going together with each other i mean that could make for some very very it would be interesting. super interesting golf yeah i just yeah. think it, it would be just as easy for the PGA to adopt some of those models, if not, but they easier. won't. But they won't. It's okay, just not even. If, it's not even a conversation. They if won't their do. options are die or do that, you don't think they would? But they wouldn't do it till it's already been done. The issue is that they they know the PGL has the head start. The amount of work and time and effort it would take for the PGA Tour to adopt a team's model and be able to completely restructure the way that they do their league, even like, if they do it for four events of the year. They do it once a year with the Zurich and it's I dog shit. Okay, but like, I'm saying like they could they could easily tweak their models more easily than you could start a new golf. I would year. argue no. The PJ Tour has notoriously been really bad at doing anything productively quick. Like 
Okay. I, I just they're gonna be they're I, I gonna agreed. be in my backyard. I'll I'll set up a meeting. I'll go talk with these fuckers and ask them what their future looks like. There it is. We got I, Clint on the fucking dude, green. You might break some news for us. <laughs> I mean, we could be big. We could go viral. We could be the next. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I think the PGL will go off before that happens. Dude, I think Clint's got some real good opinions. Okay. Oh, he's got hey, opinions thanks, for sure. Man. I do have opinions, and I'm pretty vocal about them most of the time. I don't think that's any mystery. But hey, uh, I I think I've I've got uh, I think I've got some some decent points here. Okay, boys. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I'm just I, uh, I literally started by saying you had good points. <laughs> Thanks. All man. right. Uh, how many? How many top? I'll I'll finish it by proposing this question to everybody. Like two questions. First one, does it live or does it die? Oh, and if it can live, how many of the top 20 has to go to this league for it to be successful? And I'll quickly read out the top 20. Dustin Johnson, Dustin Thomas, John Rom, Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, Xander, Patrick Cantley, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed, Roy McIlroy, Tyrrell Hatton, Webb Simpson, Victor Hovland, Tony Fino, Hideki, Daniel Berger, Sky Chef, Louis Dazen, Abraham Answer. <laughs> and Paul Casey <laughs> like there's a, the quickly you get down to those top 20 like the in the important guys start dripping I was gonna say there's six guys on that list maybe that actually matter in my opinion Abe answer would be a wonderful person to go to that fucking what tour the fuck? love that Clinton, nobody knows who Abe answer is unless I do. but you I'm have to fan. fill out 48 spots i know but I, i'm saying you need the big names and i don't what about daniel Berger? but a lot of those big names nobody isn't in that top 20 exactly hey, but ryan I'm, ryan did you just hear yourself say that nobody knows who the fuck Abe answer is and he's a top 20 in the world like what are we talking about here that's a fact I, I, well his, <laughs> his point is that you have very key people that you have to get over there or else it's not going to be valuable yes but it uh, leans toward the fact that like you make your own value what about how patrick good your podcast but you have to the the young guys are who gonna knows be with patrick cantley like you patrick cantley could easily go to the pgl like and no one would give knows? a shit a lot of people you don't know that though i don't like, you don't know what they will turn people into okay. in terms of marketability uh, again this assets. is my opinion 100 percent but I think unless you get like the big, big names, the Brooks, DJ, JT. What about Terrell Hatton? Yeah. No, <laughs> he has this, the, the country of fucking England. If you put Terrell United Hatton on SportsCenter, a lot of guys would we think he plays soccer. We live in America. It's a fair point. Like it's, it's a, they're trying to reach a global audience. Like the idea is they're trying to expand outside the parameters of what the PGA Tour has made their bread and butter on, which is – Sure. White old men between the ages of 55 and 75. Which is most of golf. Which is audience. an aging out demographic. They're trying to be successful in the next 30 years. What about years. Sung J.M.? I what think they need Sung five. Jay? I think kids. What about Sung J? Your... Here's the answer, Dave. Brian's going to say those people don't matter to start up your league from. Yes. They don't bring the momentum. You cannot of say like, like Sung Dude, Think about how Asian Sung J is. Think oh. about how many <laughs> Asians he can bring to the PGL. Do you have a dumb button? <laughs> Think about how old. Hey, I. <laughs> yeah, it's not a point. It's not well, a good one. Well, I think it's a no, good one. Actually, the the point about it is 
the amount of Asians that are out there is a lot. And, and so if you did have Asian? from a viewership portion, Asia alone could run, I mean, could keep it going. It sounds like he's so, arguing my point. I, I'm, I, I don't I'm think you're going to get any, I don't think you're going to get any, with you, Dave. I don't think you're going to get any contention from the fact <laughs> that Asia is an extremely valuable market that they want to tap. And by doing that, you would grab someone like Sung Jae, you'd grab someone like Hideki, you'd grab someone like Kevin Na, even like pe- people. The Na dog has nothing. He has nothing. He has no major. He has a tour win this year. Oh. Think of how Asian he is. Though, <laughs> he can Dave. still, pl- Jesus. He, can, he can still play majors. And the Naw Dog can make a bunch of money and go do his thing. Sure. The, the main to answer thing, your question, kid, I think you need five of those 20. I agree. I think you need five of those 20, and I think you need to get creative with those other big names that aren't in it anymore but are aging out of relevance. But they still have people that are paying attention. Like, think, oh, Justin Rose think, is playing this week? I think week? Lee Westwood is a perfect one, too. What the fuck? Yo, do you think people hey, are watching hey, a league founded has, on Lee Westwood? Has anybody making it seem like that's the poster You love Lee Westwood. I like Lee Westwood. No one's tuning into that. Has anybody mentioned Tiger? Tiger's Tiger's trying to walk, dog. That's that's his number one goal. He just wants you, to. We walk. have to remember with Tiger that he has a sponsored signature event on the PGA Tour with Riviera. Like it's going to be a hard sell for him to leave the PGA Tour to do this thing and he's chasing the he total long- number of pga tour wins no, and not. majors he has one more to be the more than, uh, than sam Snead. yeah and also so, so I, he needs to get that at no point has he ever said on microphone i can't wait to break sam Snead's record you know what he also brings up all the time fucking getting past jack I know he wants to get past. Nobody Jack gives too. a shit about these, Ryan, especially mm. the audience of the world. Like, yeah. if I ask you how many fucking PGA Tour wins. No, no, no. The better question is how many European Tour wins do you care Danny Willett won? Like, none. You don't, exactly. <laughs> That's your rest of the world to the PGA Tour wins. It's true. Like, the whole point of this is that, like, nobody uses that as a barometer of, like, someone's historical, like, dominance. Like, Majors, Unless majors, you get to the majors, absurd majors, numbers majors. of of someone like Tiger. Wait, must, must I say this argument with the Brooks thing and DJ? Like, PGA uh, Tour wins I... don't matter at all, you schmuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so DJ's the schmuck? <laughs> oh. no, so, I did hey, not say DJ's Brian, the schmuck. Brian, I said Clint's, Clint's a schmuck. schmuck. Oh. I, I have mixed emotions on PGA Tour wins and whatnot because I have argued that – Overall, the possibility that DJ's uh, career looks better than Brooks's, even though Brooks has four majors, blah, blah, blah. That's the reason that Dave is talking okay. shit about so me I did not. I, I did miss that, but I agree with you, Clint, that DJ's career is much better than Brooks. That's fucking I, absurd. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is 100%. Absolute, that's fucking 100%. insane. That's literally an insane <laughs> thing to say. He's got more than 20 wins on tour. Dude, like who? Oh my god! Who gives a shit? How fucking competition? Right, quick. How many wins does Dustin Johnson have on tour? Twenty-one or twenty-two? Let's go ahead and check that. Let's see if he (laughs) actually has that. He does. If these are so important, you would fucking be able to rattle these off. I just said twenty-four. I think he has twenty-four. Is what he said. He did. He was twenty-one or twenty-two. He has twenty-four. So here's the deal: How many majors does Dustin Johnson have? Two. 
Yes, he has two majors. Like the idea here is that if you, and I get like, it's a lower number, it's easier to remember. But the fact of the matter is, is that like no one, no one puts that much significance in terms of legacy. This like, is insanity. Like, so, you so think then why, so then why, right now why do we talk so much about John Rom? Without question. Why do we That's talk so much about John Rom? Because he's going to have a shitload of majors. That's insane. <laughs> Brooks is legacy yes. is better than DJ's. DJ has won a tour event for like, 15 years Which on is, there's 54 of them a year okay well what the fuck is brooks doing then he won four majors in three years good for him that's four tournaments yes the most coveted most oh hot my like god like that's insane how many like so like the, those just don't count those are just practice rounds that dj's won i'm with that's you not, the, I'm firstly with no you. that's not what i'm saying my point is that like in the terms of like what a professional golf like can we not just go back to the example of Rory and Tiger? Like Tiger just gave away his trophies, and the only ones that he cared about was the fifteen in his fucking trophy room. Yeah, but that, that's that, that revectored one... Rory's mind about how he wanted to focus on legacy going forward. We're but talking... Rory was the one that backed up DJ, wasn't he? Was was it yes, him or one hundred percent? It was Rory. Like when Brooks was talking the shit that he was talking, like yeah, that oh, was before many... he saw fucking Tiger's fucking living room. Yeah, but I mean, have... and we also have to. Keep Keep in context Rory, that Rory's been on a cold streak for like nine years, yeah. like for a long time without winning majors. Yeah, so all sour. of a sudden, he's a sourpuss. Like it, it's, it, they become less important when they're harder for him to win and he can't seem to get more of them. And this is coming from a guy who's in my wolf pack. Like I, 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 it's not that PJ Tour wins aren't important. It's just they're not even close to as important as a There's major win. There's no way you can look at someone's legacy on tour. I'd easily do it. Oh I literally go That's off insane. of just majors. That's fucking insane to me. You could make them tiebreakers, but the fact of the matter is that Brooks has double DJ's majors. Double. Okay. Yeah, That's, but that's that would be more impressive if CJ had four and Brooks had eight. Two and four, that's that, to say double. That's DJ like somebody has having, a fucking asterisk on Shut his fucking master jesus that, christ that is it that that is also stupid it's not yeah, an asterisk. everyone can There's say what they asterisk. want it's if not we the same gave asterisk. you a stamp it with an asterisk, asterisk. You would just it doesn't, stamp it it doesn't on everything. matter it was i'm not the saying he hasn't won a major that's not what i'm saying but i say you're saying as an asterisk, asterisk. as yes. a major or as a master's win as a major there have been much easier PGA Championship events, U.S. Open events. There's been okay, much easier Masters. Whatever makes my argument better. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, the 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 biggest thing here, Ryan. Can I not be honest on this podcast? So, you can. You can just also be wrong, or just think I'm before not. you say the thing. No, I, what I'm saying with that is. It's not what that major has been every other year. It is something different. So there is, there has to be something. It's, it's not the same. It so, is not the same. Can I ask a question then? Do you honestly believe that Brooks is a better golfer than DJ? Yes. No fucking way. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I'm so against I, that. I'm I, so I, that's fucking that. insanity. I, I think it's a really hard it's conversation to have. Close. Yeah, well, let's let's go ahead and just let's 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 take a quick divergent and ask what question are we answering with that by the word best? Are we saying the greatest career? Are we saying their peak performance? Are we saying like because in terms of like who plays the best under the hardest conditions consistently? It's Brooks. 
DJ has proved not, time not in, time out that he can play better golf more consistently than how Brooks. long under has Brooks how long yeah, how long room. has Brooks hold under hold, easier hold conditions under the how hardest conditions Brooks Kepska held world number one. How long has Brooks held that? It the OWGR is a flawed system. <laughs> it is. Okay. DJ has held it a lot longer than Brooks has. Yeah, I just said it's a flawed system. Because that helps your argument. Then why no, then why do we ever talk about system. it? Then why do we ever bring it up? I why don't do we ever, ever bring it do up. Do you not hear me? I bring up data golf. I bring up people that actually matter. I don't bring up OWGR. I don't. And I also bring up most of the time what I think. I think John Rahm is the guy. I say that all the time. The, the, he doesn't have a major. He doesn't have anything. But I think he's probably the best golfer in the world. But That's you're also arguing that Brooks is better because he has majors, yet you think John Rahm's That's the not best what I said. That's not what I said. I said Brooks, I'm to consistent, Brooks I never said that either. I, Brooks I, consistently plays better than DJ when, they're, when they've both been playing on tour on harder condition courses at major venues. He's outperformed DJ on the stages where the courses are testing the most amount of complete golf skills with the hardest consistent, like where the margin of errors is the smallest. When it comes to actually performing those circumstances, he's won. Both times where they've gone head to head at Shinnecock and Bethpage, Brooks came out on top of DJ. That's what happened. Yeah. I would but that that doesn't I mean like the amount of times his, that other people have come out on top the, that are not the, the better the golfers shines overall, the brightest when the light shines the brightest who comes out on top Brooks does the fact of the matter is, is Brooks has outwardly said that he only trains and cares about majors when he's trying to hold a on douche you're missing my point though this is where he's trying his hardest is at these events when he cares the most so when he's putting his best set his best performance forward is where he's consistently outperforming everybody else. Like, I, it's hard to argue with that. Like, you're using DJ's accomplishments on softer conditions, easier golf courses with weaker fields as his barometer of success is a better golfer than, than Brooks. Yes, because I think he applies his talent more often than Brooks does. Your argument is that he is consistently going against a weaker field. Brooks is going against the weak, well, the strong. Brooks field is allowed to go major. against those weaker fields too, and he has but he, never. But he doesn't prioritize it, right? Well, yeah, that's his own but, problem. But that's my question. But that, so, so what you're saying, kid, though, is hold that on. he hold, goes hold, hold, to a tournament, and if it doesn't have a major involved, he just practice. doesn't try. It's practice. Well, then, fucking practice. That's, a, that's the stupidest it's sparring. thing I've ever heard. He's sparring. He's sparring. He's getting ready for the majors. Okay. Well, Brooks <sighs> is beating his sparring partners every once in a while yeah, and dj matter. is fucking hey, listen, killing them. it doesn't matter if you beat your sparring partners if you don't beat your fucking actual fight okay here here's the deal is i'm trying to hone in on what you mean by the best golfer like give me your definition because if you're gonna paint it around the box of consistently winning the most pga tour events then you've got your winner it's dustin johnson yes but but to me and i think i'm making a valid argument that in the hardest tests, the most difficult conditions that they both agree are the most difficult tournaments to win, whenever they come head-to-head -head and they have these events, Brooks is consistently beating DJ. And the only time DJ has beaten Brooks within the last four years is when he had a hurt knee. We can't lean on a hurt knee that much, though, because Brooks is the first one to 
fucking sit there and say, oh, I'm good enough that I can play with my knee, blah, blah, blah. But then when he doesn't win, he's like, oh, my knee. Oh, like, my knee. He no. Fucking, what he, uh, no, what he says is he thinks he has a chance to win if he doesn't. He says he thinks he has a chance to win. If he, and if he thinks he has a chance to win, he's going to play. For these events that come four, well, four so, times a year that are important to him. Kid, you're, what, also, kid you're also saying like consistently, like consistently what? Two, you, you're talking about twice when they've uh, gone head to Brooks head? Brooks just beat him like, at be, – Brooks just blew consistently? it. No, Clint. Brooks, in the last 12 majors he's performed in, he's maybe missed the top 10 twice. So whenever he's in those fields, he's beating DJ, like ahead of him in the final finishing, like in terms of position on the leaderboard, in terms of shooting lower fucking golf. Okay, but I was talking about the top 10 side of things with DJ the other day. In 2015, when Brooks was in the mix... His first year on tour in majors. Okay. Well, we're talking about the the majors that Brooks Brooks has been in. Like every single year. If you're going to cherry pick events his very first year, okay, do it. Like no, I'm talking 2015, 2016, 2017 is the only year altogether since Brooks has been on tour. Ever and ever since. No, no, 2018. He got, he was top 10 twice out of four majors. 2019, he was tied for second was and he, second. Was he, in was, 2020. He be, was he beating Brooks? Was he beating Brooks in those fields, Clint? Why does it matter? We're talking about two people against each other. Who cares if he beat all those other guys in the field if he didn't beat Brooks? Kid, can I answer your question that you asked me about consistency in DJ versus Brooks? Yeah. It's, to me, consistency in golf is going out and performing week in and week out. And DJ has done that better than Brooks. Brooks has performed at one or two events every year over the years. <laughs> but Brooks only does it every so often. DJ does it on a regular basis every season. That, to me, is what makes him a better golfer. That he's applying himself week to more, in, hold week on, hold, yeah he's applying himself on more frequency at more events yes and we've just they have different focuses of priorities sure and when both of their priorities are on one person is consistently being the other person are you fucking serious <laughs> we don't need to do that bit but yes that that's my opinion that DJ is more consistently a better golfer than Brooks. Brooks has won the majors. I, I will never argue that Brooks hasn't won the majors and won more events. But DJ is more consistently the best golfer in the world. That that's my take. Yeah, Agreed. I think you and I, I think you and I fundamentally measure the sure. the, the the bestness of yeah. a golfer in different ways. Yeah, I, and I think. I personally think there's more validity in my argument in the sense that when two people care the most about a particular event, the ones that are most important to them, which they both have set on record, one guy is consistently being the other one more. Because he spends all of his time focusing on those instead of focusing on all the others. So I, I think he's allocating his time. Like if DJ were to say, all right, I'm not playing any more PGA events. I'm just going to focus on majors. If he adopted this Brooks mentality, I think DJ would best him 
and I think he's chosen you, you not have, to do you that. Have to, uh, you have to assume that, though. I, I do have to that. assume that. But I, but I think that's a fair assumption. Really? You, th- yes. you, you, think, you think if DJ solely applies time to, to, to only majors, that for sure this guy would have more, more majors than Brooks yes. and he would be winning them all the time? I think he is more talented than Brooks. What would yes. he be doing differently? Why would, why, what's stopping him from being able to do I that I mean, now? he's going week in, week out and traveling the world and doing all this shit that they always talk about. He's spending time on other events. If he was just to spend his time on those... That's just again. It's my opinion. That that's how I feel. Yeah, I, you have to do guesswork. You have yeah, to you have yeah. to rely on the 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 path he's not taking. Right. To be able to f- flood your argument, and you also have to both recognize that DJ has a, almost double the amount of time and starts as Brooks to achieve what he's achieved For in sure. terms of the mo- number of majors. So if you want to revisit this conversation, that's also in why three and a half years. In three wins. and a half years when brooks has more reps and majors and see how many more he has because he just got solo second or t second last fucking major like we can keep having this conversation yeah it's the dumbest shit i've ever heard (laughs) like you guys have to have a little bit of if you're talking about second like dj 2019 t second in the masters with brooks with second second in pga championship 2020 won the masters t second at pga championship oh, let's, st- let's mean, stop like- for a second so hold on the masters in 2019 he got t second so did brooks and 2020 when he, in 2019 at when he got second at the pga at beth page he lost to brooks the idea here is you keep consistently cherry picking these examples where he's performing the same as or worse than Brooks. Look, no one's arguing that DJ isn't an extremely good golfer. He's number one in the it world right now. It just so happens to be that it was the tournaments against Brooks, but that's the dumbest comparison ever just so if happens. you're talking about in general. Like, like, in general, you can't use that as an example. Like, oh, it, like, oh so – Brooks was the guy that he happened to get second to. That doesn't necessarily mean that Brooks overall is a better golfer because the tournament that Brooks happened to win was the one that he happened to get got second. Like that's not that's not really a viable argument in general. I've never like, heard someone argue that losing to someone is not a viable argument to being worse than them yeah that was a weird take (laughs) but what i would say is look like when when we're talking about their career clint if you beat me in a foot race if you beat me in a foot race i can't then say look dude i'm actually faster than you like let's be honest like if that's a that's a terrible example golf is a little bit different and overall is on sand versus on grass versus on rocks like Listen, I'm most on. I'm on Brooks's side, kid. I'm just saying, like, there's different terrains. Foot races can be different, you know. If I was to pick someone to win a random tournament every week, and I had my options, sounds so important. This random event. What I'm saying in the game of golf, if I had to pick someone, if they were going to play every weekend for the next 52 weeks, I would always take DJ, and I think DJ would win more often than Brooks would. Yeah, you're once again just going back to your side of this argument. Yes. If you had to bet, if you had to bet your life on the next person to win a major out of those two people, who would you bet on? Literally your life. I'd probably still take TJ. Brooks probably has to do something with Barstool or fucking get a knee operation. 
So I would still take so, DJ. So the guy who just and, got second. And, and, and DJ who hasn't done things with Barstool. This is... They both have done things with Barstool. Mm. I, I can't imagine he's being very stuff. serious when he deferred to Barstool and not the hurt knee as the... the no, both of them. I think my point is valid. that they... Like, I would go for DJ he was, all day. His point was like he has other obligations and things he cares about. And both DJ and Brooks have done things with Barstool. I think it's very clear what his priorities are. <laughs> it's fucking majors. <laughs> yes. I well, say we bring up this well, conversation here, this again right in three now. and a half years so we no, don't have to fucking talk about Let's this bring anymore. this up right now. There's I'll take DJ over Brooks this weekend. Kid. Anybody want that action? I'll take wait, 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 wait. It glitched out on me. What did you say? I, I said I'll take, take DJ I'll over take, Brooks this I'll weekend. I'll take $35 on Brooks over DJ this weekend. Done. Okay. I'll Clint, take that you, too. 35 from everybody? Yeah. Dave and I have Brooks. You guys have DJ? Done. Can, can I, you I, pay Clint yeah, if it's fine. they win? I pay Clint. Yeah. Okay. Win. Not if. Are we, are we talking like we're 70 bucks in here or are we 35? 35, 35, I don't, I don't 35 ahead. 30, 35 ahead. ahead. It's such a weird number. Um, yeah, I don't the, know how he gave yeah, up with damn, that. Super random. The other, but I would like to. I'd like to put up uh, another another bet though, because I think we're also you're 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 cherry picking right now. Actually, Dave brought it up, I guess, or no, you did. You brought up the the head to head. So you you're coming off of a of a, a season right now where historically one guy has been playing more golf than the other with one person rehabilitating after a fucking knee surgery. Yeah. So like you do realize that like we're getting less of our guy right now than you're getting out of your guy. Yeah. Your guy, you, to your fucking, to your example, he just got T or he just got second. (laughs) Clint. He just got second. Clint, Clint, I just took the bet, bro. I'm not, not taking the bet. My point is that just sentence though. My don't my point, pull a fucking Brooks here and blame the knee right now, though. I nothing's happened yet. I took the bet. We're doing this thing. I'm saying that if he if he loses to Brooks this week too, and he still isn't a hundred percent, like you don't got much argument, dude. Is like, he? Is he not a hundred percent? Why would he be playing golf? If he's not hundred. I mean, the he only thinks he can win. He still, he can win because he's. Brooks. Why would Tiger play with a broken leg at Beth uh, at fucking Tory Pines like we're going back to and beat Rocco Mediate? Like he play with a broken leg. It's not a broken leg. It's a fucking fracture, a small fracture. Oh my god! Are you really d- disputing the difference between broken and fractured? Uh, very much so. There's a big difference between a fracture and a break. If you break something, it's fucking like oh that broken half. A fracture can be a a little like a little crevice a little thing i've had fractures and i've had breaks both i've had them both i have plates in my arms i have screws in my arms every fracture is the same no not every fracture have you seen his x-rays do you know what kind of i've seen pictures of them on youtube yes i have anyways and you're you're a medical doctor you understand how that affects his golf and how difficult it was because it's not miraculous what he's doing there's just a big difference between a fracture and a break. There's a, I don't a very, think I think that's the same word. It's not. It's not. There's a big difference. I've had both of them. I I've had both of them. Okay. <laughs> I guess the I point know. being, Clint, is that just because you're not a hundred percent doesn't mean you don't play. Like 
look at LeBron in the playoffs. This, <laughs> this, this, like he didn't have it 100%. He still played. Like people, athletes put themselves in position to p- potentially win. We're going Brooks an athlete? <laughs> the, the point here is that like I'm taking a bet even knowing my guy isn't 100% there. And I can't believe I'm saying my guy to Brooks. I don't even I was like Brooks. Say, yeah. But you've painted me into a corner by like just sucking the dick of the PGA Tour and the importance of their events. Like the idea. I first of all, I first of all am a big proponent of this new league. So the PGA Tour can technically suck it. But all this, I'm this, saying this, is this, this Clint, Clint, this feels more like a, uh, I got to. Got to defend my earlier position because I don't like the idea of like having to backtrack and feeling differently about no, something or like no. having to cor- correct I, I myself. Stand, sure. I stand by the fact that I think D- DJ is a much better golfer than Brooks. I don't give two fucks about Brooks winning fucking four majors in three years. Yes, it's a spectacle. That's great. I don't think he's a better golfer than DJ. That's all there is to it. All right. It's time for me to use this now. All right. So Data <laughs> Golf has projected – and they have their charted graphs of their PGA Tour wins and their major wins. Right now, DJ has played longer for Brooks, but he is on all accounts projecting to outperform him in all facets, majors, top tens, top fives, and PGA Tour wins. He hasn't been on tour longer. He doesn't have as many, but in every category in terms of frequency and clip of winning, he is outperforming DJ. So you're just saying this person projected that everything verbatim via text message in the last podcast at this point in dj's career on tour and how long they've played brooks is outperforming him on all metrics all metrics by dj has on his but what 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 dj that's true all metrics if you if you look at it it's by a fucking minuscule amount i don't even give a shit about that but it's all metrics other ones he's blowing them out of the water like every single one. Hey, hey. we all have opinions here, guys. So how is he like seventeen wins behind him? Because DJ's been on tour twice as long. Well, as Well, yeah, because Brooks couldn't get there. They're almost the exact same age. No, they're not. What's the age difference? DJ's what thirty five, thirty six. Brooks. Brooks is, is thirty two. Dustin Ooh. Johnson. I get to look this up. What does it matter? It's still. It means that he tour. couldn't get his ass on tour young well, enough to compete. Tour, it doesn't matter. No, it know? matters that he wasn't good enough to get there. No. Or the Brooks tour is was less competitive when Dustin just first entered it. Well, if it was less competitive, it was Brooks easier to win. Well, but Brooks would have been there if it was less competitive. No, he was in fucking high school no, or college. Like, He's five years younger than him. Okay. Five so- years. So what, what are their actual ages? Does it show? 31 and 31. Here's Wynn's projection. This is the worst. Brooks will be 37 this, in a week. This is his career starts, and this is the amount of wins. DJ will be 37 in a week? Yeah. yeah. So he's six years so older than Brooks. Brooks has just recently passed DJ. Brooks is blue, DJ is red. Yeah. And then you go over, and this is top fives. Brooks is Blue, DJ is red. Yeah. Career starts, amount of top fives. Yeah. Go over. This is top top 20s. Brooks is blue, DJ is red. None of those are majors either. Yeah. And then you go to cuts made. Yeah. Brooks is blue, DJ is red. 
Okay. I'm going to stand by it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Analytics 100%. don't lie, So you're right? giving the benefit of someone who's had more time to achieve theoretically more because he's got a six-year head start. We when broke this all- down the last podcast, though, kid. We broke Ryan it wasn't down the there. Last Chill pod. out. I know, but I'm just saying we we already talked about this. Like, I know that Ryan wasn't a part of it, but we already talked about it from a statistical standpoint. The things were actually leaning towards favoring DJ, even though Brooks had been on tour like shorter. But, but where where you know where there's smoke there's fire like every single statistic leans towards brooks every single one every single one leans towards brooks look where there's smoke there's fire and do you know what the fire is it's brooks I'm out on Brooks. I'm, I'm yeah, sticking with you. Yeah, you can be out on him. You can be out on him. You don't I, have to like the look, guy, but he's just statistically a better golfer a than fucking, DJ. It's a fucking uh, merry-go-round. It doesn't. Yeah. It's hey, not a merry-go-round. It's just analytics and just facts. Yeah, he means the conversation. Yeah, it's not. It it, it isn't even a, a merry-go-round of the conversation. It's just facts. No, it definitely is. He's just better. Yeah. He's just hey, better. We'll see. Listen, I, you know who well, has him in his wolf pack? Me. And I'm the only guy that's had him in his wolf pack. Yeah, because he's the worst. Are you, it doesn't matter <laughs> what you're saying. He, he's a baller shot caller, 20 inch blades on the Impala. Yeah. He, that was little Troy. But uh, hey, it's, we've, we've got a split fucking. Look, we're going to find out on Sunday. Clint, Clint, who's, the better golfer, Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas? Oh, cool. I mean, I like Jordan Spieth better, but Justin Thomas is probably a better golfer. Thank you, Clint. What? <laughs> yes, thank you, Clint. And who- that's strictly for this argument. I already know that because it has to do with the majors. It. I mean, so, like, so like what, what I just pick, said, what I just pick, said, no, what I just said basically because proves, he has more majors. No, no, I didn't think of it like that. No, I didn't think of it like I'm that at all. You thought of it how? That's what I'm saying. You thought of it, but you didn't want to think you thought of it like that. So you said it was Justin <laughs> Thomas. What? No, I'll just ask the question, Clint. Why do you think Justin Thomas is a better golfer than Spieth? I think just in general over time he has played more consistently which i have a you know it's a it's the same way that i feel about fucking dustin johnson yes. versus brooks kupka i Clint, fucking we're vibing I, I i think that consistently over time he has played better i fucking love jordan speed i am a huge fan i love the fact that, that he so has much. three majors I but he fucking played terrible for almost three years straight. Yeah, but I he, mean his fucking ceiling is in the fucking stars in the fuck. He's shooting through the Milky Way. Yeah, but his fu- floors in a Listen, pile of cow Justin shit. Thomas is barely getting past the moon, my guy. And Jay Speed is out into <laughs> different realms. Oh my like God. just through the galaxy, through the Milky Way. Just well, I can tell you that my life. answer was probably not what you thought it would be and didn't play to your favor in the sense of like what you were trying to prove. But 
it was not a reverse psychology situation. It legitimately just is the way that I just look at their strokes game. Legitimately and, say I think different of you about Spieth now. That's what I can say. Well, okay. You, look, J- I Jordan's, still love Spieth. J- Jordan's yeah, you, he's, he you was my number one Hold guy on. in hey, my wolf pack. Guys, he's my number one guy in my wolf pack. Let I love talk. Jordan Spieth. He has actual data. Jordan Spieth and JT before the data uh, are both my wolf pack. I like them both quite a lot, but I do. There is a giant red flag in JT's performances and his career. A large. Let, let me read off his wins. 2015 was his first win at the CIMB Classic. If you guys aren't familiar with that, is it's in Malaysia. It's a limited. It's a very very weak sure. field. It's got pretty much no one that goes to it. And then his second win on tour again, the CIMB Classic. After that, he won at the Tournament of Champions in Hawaii with a field of 30 guys in it. Then he won the next week at the Sony Open, where the strength of field was the equivalent of a European Tour event. The following after that, he got his first big, huge win. He won the PGA Championship in 2017. His best win, arguably in his career, maybe the 2020 or the 2021 PGA uh, Players Championship this year. Then after that, he won the WGC Dell Technologies match play. Or another championship. There was a normal short play event. Yeah. Limited field again, or at least toward the playoffs where there was, was less guys in the yeah. field. And then nine bridges in Asia. Weak field. Again, nobody was traveling overseas to go to it. It was also the first year that CJ Cup even happened. His next decently strong field, the Honda yeah, Classic in 2018. Kid, are you in After that, the next win was that. Number nine, w- WGC Bridgestone Invitational. Limited field again. After that, the BMW Championship playoff event didn't have a, a normal full strength of field. After that, CJ Cup, again, another Asia event where there was less people going to it. Then the Century Term of Champions again, a 30-player event. After this, WGC FedEx St. Jude, another WGC limited event. And then the Players' Championship, his strongest field win that came this year. Like... If we're going to lean on wins on the professional tour for JT. He has a PGA and the players. Like the, the fact of the matter is, is that JT's strongest argument is that he's consistently high on the leaderboard and he has strong strokes gained. This game is very tack sharp. But in terms of closing out big wins, he doesn't really do it. And he's underperformed in the majors a huge amount. A huge amount. Like. All right. So we're playing one hole of golf. You can pick. JT or Jordan to hit your tee shot? Who are you picking? JT. Okay. I'm picking Jordan Dave, to play my stop. hole. Stop. I'm picking Jordan to play my hole. Like, okay. firstly, this is already like a catered argument, but I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll no, I'll, I'll go ahead and give yeah. you. Go ahead. All right. So next, Jordan's hitting my approach. He's Jordan's hitting your approach, and he's putting over JT without a doubt. I'm taking JT on the approach every time. He is. Like, on the approach, de- but not on the putting green. Yes, on the putting green, when Jordan misses it and he's got a 30-foot putt, I agree. He's got a better chance to make that. And then here – What is and, a and, stipulation and, and, oh, oh, when he misses it by 30 Hold feet. on. Let, let kids enjoy this argument. Yeah, no, the, this is fun. That's the best-case scenario, right? They hit a good tee shot. They hit a great approach shot. They hit a, hit a great putt. Who's best is best? All right, now they blew the tee shot, which JT does all the time. Who's better getting out of the shit? It's, it's Jordan. Yeah, it's Jordan. If they miss the green, who's better at getting up and down from a bunker? It it's is. fucking speed. It's speed. But I would say that he puts himself in that position way <gasps> more often 
than JT does. And yet still has nearly the same amount of PGA Tour wins, has more majors than him, triple the amount of majors than him, and consistently plays better than him on harder courses. Again, with stronger fields. If I'm playing one hole of golf. You guys golf, seem to really enjoy these soft-ass courses, these soft-ass fields, and you don't put enough credence behind the, the fucking tournaments that matter. I guess. <laughs> it, it just seems like a, a – it just seems like you guys – are doing the PGA Tour It's as if they play an entire over fucking tour year. Of useless events. Well, then, yeah. That are cash cow vehicles for advertisers. Then we should just... Weak ass fields. Then just don't do them. Just play the four majors. I've got an idea. I got That's an idea. Hey, Clint. Let me do a whole PGL thing. This is my podcast, and let me talk about it. Okay. Why don't we Clint, just do four podcasts listen, a year and we'll only do majors? There's a reason there's only been 30 fucking episodes in fucking three years, Clint. Okay? It's because we only talk about the fucking tournaments that matter, and most of the time it's fucking majors if you go back through it. Clint, did you watch this week? Uh, I didn't have a chance to watch a lot. <laughs> Damn it. I didn't have a chance you know who to watch was a lot because I was fucking working. No, that's not a good idea. I don't know because I didn't give a fuck about this tournament because it didn't matter. I, so I, I, no, here's the deal. Here's like, the deal. Outside of Sunday, I I have a job where I'm on the move a lot, and I don't really have the opportunity. I put it on at work. I put it on our work TVs. But the amount of time that I have to be able to actually go fucking watch it. You don't have to defend your case, Clint. That's the entire country, which is why it's stupid that golf is on Thursday and Friday. Obviously, there's, there's, there's too many soft, easy-ass events. It's impossible to find people to get jobs because they all collect on Yeah, let's not go into politics. The, uh, <laughs> the, the main point I'm trying to make here is that it's, it's an oversaturated, bloated tournament or league that has too many useless events that don't actually matter because they're trying to create a vehicle for younger guys to ascend the ranks and get easier fields to get more stars to be able to climb the ranks, and then people plow through those fields or those limited events, and they get cash from those. My idea here is that, like, we should probably cut things down to be more important limited events, maybe, like, 18 of them, and, like, just stress the importance of those and really hone in on what people should be paying attention to. And then for a chance for everyone to compete and have, like, a real bloodbath of all these different potentialities, you have these four majors. Like, that seems like a logical thing to potentially do. It seems very logical. It seems like there's a lot of companies that spend a lot of money marketing that would like that to not happen. Yeah, it sounds like it's just more towards business. And oh, trust stuff. me, like they, they could just play one tournament every year and just decide who's the best golfer every year. That'd be awesome. But that doesn't drive a business. It sounds a lot like a Super Bowl. Yeah, see, the thing about the Super Bowl is they play 21 games going up to it. And, and there's no a lot of people. gives a fuck about any of the teams going up to That's it. That's insanity. To the guy who wants to that's, is it not true? It, no, it's not true. It's kind of like the whole basis is that not being true or else be they wouldn't have a market yeah. for people watching. It's like they have a fantasy football league where guys like anxiously no, get on the different. It's teams against players. Okay. Uh, sorry. We're going off on a tangent. Kid realism. Is is 54 no like is 54 tournaments too many tournaments to you? Yes. Like and do you yes. feel like the quality of those tournaments is adversely affected by that because of the volume of them? I do agree that they play too much. Just like I agree every sport plays too much. I, I think basketball plays too many games. I think, I think baseball. Guys. 
Right? Yeah, but again, look, if somebody's going to give you marketing dollars to host an event 54 weeks a year, fucking do them. No, that's it, a it, wrong it, mentality. It's like, kind of well. That's what drives the machine. That's how we get the leads. Yeah, but that's not a reason or an excuse. Okay. To do it. Well, it, Dave, are you going to fund the league? Are you going to pay for the PGL? It it's kind it of sounds like they have tons of fucking. Yeah, they have no problem getting funding for it, now. The, I mean, the idea here is that like it sounds like they have funding for years. That's what it the uh, like, the idea here is like you kind of have this the idea the model of what the pj tour is doing is very similar to the, the nba which is basically get as many games going as possible because it's right. more opportunities to create volume ad views exactly and they can monetize that but it becomes kind of the chicken or the egg thing is it like you have too many games and now they're less important so you have less people viewing them or you take the model where you have scarcity and you have more important events that more people tune into and like that becomes yes. a more valuable vehicle so like t- to me I don't see anyone who can make a fair argument that like, I want more of something that I care less about. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. The, the, the thing that only makes sense in that model is that the PGA tour wants this uh, mobility of vertical ascension within the ranks of potential guys that are coming from mini tour to corn Ferry to PGA. And they need those reps and those opportunities to ascend when the big guys aren't there being the shit out of them. So see, let me ask you I, this. I, and, oh, sorry. Hold I, on. I was, but, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. So, I- as someone who has <laughs> a little, let's just back and forth. For a minute. So, we literally talk about golf all the time. We play golf all the time. Do you really only want to see eighteen events a year? Yes. If they're if they're multitudes better than the ones that I'm seeing every week, like let's be honest, like I do can't- you love the NFL. Do you love the NFL season? Oh, no, I would watch Ryan double it. Ryan, would you love a golf season? Ryan, name twenty golf tour events. Name them. I don't care about the name of the. I, I can't. Let me answer that. I'm a, I can't. I'm a great example. Pay attention of this to situation. the golf tournament this week. You didn't pay attention to it. Okay. I'm a I great, ex- it on I'm a great example for this. I would argument. like to see it. Go ahead, Clint. I'm a great example for this argument in the sense that. Football is the only sport out there that I watch the entire regular season, and that's because it is 16 weeks long. I do not watch regular season basketball. I do not watch regular season uh, hockey. I do not watch regular season baseball. I only watch playoffs because there's entire too, entirely too many games. And it's a fucking it's it's annoying, honestly. And so I will watch playoffs in basketball. I'll watch playoffs in baseball. I'll watch playoffs in hockey. But I will not watch regular season because they've got too many fucking games. So I actually am a proponent of shortening it, giving it a little bit more lust factor for those eighteen tournaments. If that's the case, like I make a point to obviously watch majors. I also make a point to watch tournaments that, you know, maybe the course is a little bit harder, but to try to keep an eye on it every single week is annoying. I mean, it's, it's too much. I hear you, but whenever you watch or actually you don't watch the tournament and DJ when it's wins it, it matters a lot. Anytime that there is somebody that I enjoy watching at the top, I'm going to make a point to watch it. So, But, I mean, but you oh. make a point to watch that person 
But if it isn't someone that you pay attention to, that tournament doesn't matter. I mean, I see where you're coming from on this. I, I'm not going to say that it doesn't matter because to whoever won it, good Because that them. argues your point. No, I, I no, mean, like, yeah. you, you've, got, you've, got a decent, you've got a decent argument here. But, I mean, to, to the point, does that make that tournament not matter because the guy that I like didn't win it? No, I still think that tournament matters. And, and kudos to whoever won it. It just doesn't happen to be a guy that I'm a big fan of watching. I mean, that, that doesn't change the fact that that was a solid win for whoever won it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of, it's kind of a retroactive, like, hindsight application of, like, the, the prestige of the win. Because, like, if Tiger wins an event, it becomes more prestigious because Tiger won it. Um, you know, the same can be said to an extent about other guys. It's like, oh, it must be a, like, it's a strong strength of field because that person came out on top. And if they were there, like they were playing well, that means it was tough to win. When in reality, like it's, it takes more factors in play and assessment of the actual strength of field to determine if something was actually like that difficult or a hard thing to win. Like, and that just kind of comes back to my point earlier about when I was rattling off these kind of Asian events or these limited, you know, field events that JT was winning. It's like, look, it's hard to make an argument that JT isn't potentially the most skilled golfer on the planet right now. It really comes down to a conversation about how do you measure best? Are you measuring accomplishments? Are you measuring, you know, accolades? Are you measuring venues where they win and the fields that they play against? Or are you just kind of going off of That's just the statistics a of great point. Thank you for cutting me off in the middle of it to say I, that. I know, I know I cut you off, but it's a fucking great point. It's just, it feels like everyone's, cherry picking their data points to best suit their argument when i think i have a very clear way that i'm measuring these things and you could choose someone that i don't like very much like phil mickelson and it's difficult for me not to kind of rave about his recent win at the pga championship of how difficult that course was and what he had to do to pull it off and like that win is worth so much because of all of that intentionality put into how difficult they made it and how much of a stern test it was when you have these run of the mill tour events where they barely give it a second thought and they just throw something together to build a cash vehicle for advertisers. When the courses aren't very good, it's just standard bomb and gouge golf. Fucking, There's less people in the mix pro that are munis. They're going out and playing fucking pro munis every single week. And the majors are the tournaments that fucking matter. My guys. Like there's a reason that someone like Louis Ustazen is like only really showing up and performing at majors. He's an, ex he's an incredibly good golfer with a very broad set of skills that the PGA tour neutralizes with their just bomb and gouge venues that they choose. And yet whenever he comes to a major where it's oh, testing all of the shot collar, when he goes to venues that test all of the different fa facets of skilled golf, he thrives like that's the clear delineation of how you're kind of playing two different games on the PJ tour versus when you go to a major venue. That's such a good point. Like this is, this me. is where I'm leaning on. Like the fact that like I put so much weight behind these things because there's intentionality thought there's, these are masterpiece golf tour courses for a majority of them. Like there's the kind of like randoms that they go to every once in a while, but like, look, man, there's a reason that the, the same people show up and win majors. Like you don't get duds like Danny Willett that often. Like it's these guys that are clearly the best of their craft that win these events. And that's why they have so much weight to me. 
but you know, like Phil's an example. I just, I just pulled up like the PGA championship with Phil. So like, if you look at, let's just, let's just go from 2016, 2016 T33, 2017 didn't make the cut. 2018 didn't make the cut. 2019 T71, 2020 T71, 2021 got a first. Like, Glenn, do you know uh, how old Phil Mickelson is? I, he's 51. You yes, chose, you chose 2016. Like the point is, is that he rattled off a major win when he was playing his best peak golf at this age. And he was, he was leading the strokes gain off the tee. He was marvelous with his short game. He was putting the lights out. Like he was doing everything he was doing at his peak at that moment. And it just showed how much more of a class professional golfer he is in terms of his skill set versus everybody else. He separated himself on the, on the best courses. Would you have seen someone like, I don't want to harp on someone like Russell Henley do that. We've never seen that. And he's been on tour for a long time. Like there's a crop of people that bring their best stuff out of them on these venues where they're getting tested the hardest. Phil Mickelson. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Phil Mickelson showed at (laughs) QA. He's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You can do it. What do you got, Dave? Just say he. (laughs) Phil Mickelson showed. (laughs) Kid, take it away. No, you you have to make your own point. I've already said what I need to say about this. I, I think I've made it pretty clear why I think those things are what matter most. Not that nothing else matters, but that like there's a clear area that is the true test of golf. There's other bits that get a piece of the pie, but like when the full equation is out there for you to have to get it done, like it's, you get the same crop of guys. You get the same people that clearly have this lastly, this final gear. And both DJ and Brooks have it. Both JT and Speed have it, but there's two people out of those four that have clearly delivered more consistently on that level and one one of those three that is utterly underperformed on that stage and at those venues that have tested the hardest golf. He has utterly? all the Yes. He even has said it himself that he is drastically underperformed in majors. Who? JT. He said it multiple times on separate like different podcasts. That He's he, also 29. That's one year off of 30. Like Fast great math. point. For, great firstly, point, he, Dave. For, for, great firstly, point, he, Dave. Firstly, he's not 29. He's 27 years old. Yeah. And the other thing being is that like he's the same Listen, age as Speed. I'm over that mark and I feel it. So it's a big point. The, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that like to his own credit, he has said that he has underperformed in these majors and he knows he has the potential to do it. And I think he does too. But like at this point in stage, like I don't think he has much to lean on to be like, I perform better than Jordan Spieth in the hardest conditions on the biggest stages because he can't say that. He definitely can't. And I think it's miraculous. And going back to when I didn't say anything You can't earlier. cut off Clint when he's finally coming to our side <laughs> of the argument. <laughs> no, I can easily do it because I just did. And that just Phil Mickelson 
at his age and peaking and doing all of those things when he needed to do it on a course that doesn't suit him is just miraculous. And that shows to his skill set at a major championship. Like, it just... Mm. I mean, Phil is one of the best golfers of all time. Exactly. How many majors do you have? Six. Yeah. That is yes. accurate. That is accurate. <laughs> I don't... He has way more tour wins. Yeah, he has a lot of tour wins. But those don't count. They count for something. Not a lot. Okay. In comparison to majors. Mm. Just uh, just by the amount. How many how many how many weeks do they have a tour win? How many weeks do they have a major? Four compared to whatever. Fucking thirty something. Fifty. Exactly. More than I said. They all still count. They count for something. Yeah. Just not as many as four. Hold on. If Phil had zero tournament wins and just his six majors, would he be in the same conversation? As who? As As one of the best golfers of all time. No, hold on. I need to clarify further. What does one of the best golfers of all time mean? Do you think – Phil is not one of the best, He's like top. Uh, I mean, I guess I'd I'd say top ten probably. So, so re- remove. So if we remove, so his, just take his, all his, his tour wins. If you remove his thirty-eight other wins, yeah. Um, I also think it's kind of nice that you guys have never called out anyone's international wins because to you those are less significant and you don't actually know anything about them. I just feel don't less know important. anything about them, right? <laughs> because they're happening in a different part of the world on a different tour that you don't watch yes. and they feel insignificant because of what reason because i don't watch them and i don't see them interesting interesting okay um what rick 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 would phil nicholson be a top 10 golfer of all time if he didn't have his 38 he just other had ones? six majors no he wouldn't yeah okay want to know why Sure, please. Because there's more than 10 people that have more than six majors. Okay. I think, or more. Or or, I I gotta look this up now. It can't be more than 10 with more than six majors. I'm pretty sure it is. But that being said, it's like you're you're cross comparing you're 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 you're, you're cross comparing different eras at that point too, which makes it really difficult. But you have Jack, you have Jack, Tiger, Arnie, Ben Hogan, Gary Player, uh, Sam Seed, Byron Nelson. I would have to. It's hard for me to just regurgitate a Wikipedia. Sure. Brooks Kepka does not have more than six. He does not have more than six. He's got four. He four. Yeah, that's less than six. The, I thought we were good at fast math. Mm-hmm. I never said that. <laughs> well, 29 it, 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 one just, less than 30. <laughs> I mean, if we had to make an equation for like how many, how many, how many PGA Tour wins equals a major? It would get difficult because you have to say like which PGA Tour wins. Like, right. Like, I would have to be like, yeah, three Rivieras is a major, two Rivieras <laughs> is a major because it, there's different fields, different yeah, strengths, different tests. Memorial is kind of like that. Memorial is kind of like Riv. Like it, it just yeah. comes down to like yeah. it's so it's so fluid in terms of the impact of like you. It's easier yeah, to just. A it's WGC? easier to do. You see, it's a limited field, but it's like higher standard, like. It, it just the 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 reason why you can lean on majors to be so important is that they far more consistently are better tests with better fields and you have a better barometer for what they're delivering on very rarely do you get a baltus roll before you get three shinnecocks yeah 
like and plus I, I, plus I they don't play you. links golf in yeah. america yeah and that's already a huge fucking asterisk right on like how good of a golfer you are you're yeah. not even playing the real true game of right golf. it's not the same sport yeah ricky's one of the scottish open sick the uh i i think i'm cashed out on this one uh i've i've made i think my point fairly clear at this uh at this stage you i have. think two and a half hours in I think yeah. we've done that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the pin in it there. You have a bow to tie on the PGL at least. Like, you started <laughs> the conversation about it. Like, uh, I think the PGL, if they deliver on their, you know, expectations and the promises they set out, and they get, and they get at least five five people within the top 20 in the world and then five big names, whether that's in or not in. Can you give me three names that are crucial? Crucial? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there has to be names that are crucial to there. there Like they has to be. uh, be Can I, can I ask for an answer for what crucial means in the sense that like without these three guys, it can't succeed or without, three guys like these guys I want because there's no three people that important without these three there's no three guys that are that important there's no three guys that if you don't have these three guys your league won't succeed that's just not golf yeah you can't be like well if you don't if you don't have dj if you don't, and you have, don't have if you I don't have i disagree so you have to you have you have three oh, people okay, in mind yeah you, well say those three names yeah see this no what I'm saying is there is a combination of three players, three golfers. Types of golfers so or three specific people? people? in general. So that who was are my they? question. Is it yeah. like it like there's a combination of three golfers that is essential. Do you have those three golfers? I was gonna say, no. You're I, saying I, the wrong I, thing then. Yeah. No, I'm not saying the wrong thing. I'm saying I know something that is essential to making the PGA work well. And it's three golfers. This is the only way it'll succeed. Is they fucking tell us who <laughs> yeah, this who is? Say their names. And you said a combination too. You're, it can only be three golfers, but it's a combination. Then it's one fucking combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's a sequence. No, is three names. No, no, no. That's not what I meant. What I mean We're, is, it can be a. It can be just. So you're asking this as a stop cutting off, Dave. Go. It can be many combinations of three golfers, but it's like it adds up to a certain a number from those three golfers and it just has to be three golfers i don't even think you know what you're trying to say <laughs> i feel like this is I, I think i think i know what dave is trying to say as incoherent as he is at this point <laughs> i think dave is saying that there's a, there's a certain q score that you have to meet oh. with three big enough names that are basically like you have to whether it's phil brooks and and fucking like Justin, like Phil Brooks and Patrick Reed, or you can make that combination by d- taking, you know, DJ Rory and fucking Colin Morikawa. Like yeah. that, you have to reach at least this number with three big enough names. You can't spread it across ten. You have to have it within three to meet sure. this number, or else you have it too spread thin, and you have to have this concentration of attention and interest. Can I ask if that's what you were asking, Dave? <laughs> I wasn't asking anything. I was saying it, and that's it. 
No, you were asking a question. Um, Carry the, on. I I was asking a question. <laughs> Go ahead, kid. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I was not asking. Oh, well, you to, uh, to the, be, the, the start of this conversation was the PGL to put a bow on it. Like, yeah, it, it, are we for it or against it? I think we're for no. It. The question was put a bow on like the PGL being a thing. And then my was, was basically saying that like, I think it's a good, I think it could potentially be a good thing if it delivers on its expectations. And I was finishing it by saying, cause I think Ryan cut in and was like, what are they like? I was basically saying, what do they need to do that? And I said, I think they need at least five of the top 20 and then either has to be shared with that, but they need to have at least five big names. Agreed. Five big names. And a big name Agreed. is someone as popular or more popular than Justin Rose. But kid, what three <laughs> He's won a gold medal on the world stage. He has two majors. Like he's a he actually draws a certain amount of awareness and ratings to an actual television product. It's actually been measured out. They can't if they couldn't do it because of a PIP rating, <laughs> like Justin Rose is hilarious. I hear you, kid. Continue. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a certain level of a household name that's required both in what someone knows of them already and what they think they're potentially capable of still achieving. And I think Justin Rose is right there in that Goldilocks zone of being able to achieve something like that. Like, to me, that's your barometer to deviate from slightly. So five people within the top 20 when they launch and five big names and then you need you will need a crop of competitive golfers that are as good as those top five guys on their best days so like if jt goes here which i don't think he would go to the pgl but if jt goes there you need someone who has their best stuff that can beat them so he'll Cameron need smith like if Cameron Smith is having the best no I'm, I'm i'm being serious i agree with you if Cameron Smith is playing his best golf if Cameron Smith is playing his best golf, he could beat JT when JT's playing good golf. He can do it. And the same thing goes to someone like Victor Hovland or so, same thing goes to someone like Sung Jm. Like there's opportunities for these guys. Exactly. Like if you can fill out those other 40, uh, whatever it is. So if it's, let's say it's those five are shared twice. It's 48. Let's say, yeah, you're, you're, you're taking – you're taking eight altogether from those five I was talking about, the five top 20 to five big names. Let's say three of those or two of those are also big names that are in the top five, five of the top 20. So you have eight taken up. You have 40 left to fill out with those yeah. basically competitive guys. I think that's what you need. And then you need a good product. Those two things are just as important. All of those guys of those 40 that are left, you can make into household names with that m- m- amount of money with a good product, good stories, good series, all this content surrounding it, using the social media engine, like you can make those other guys household names, if not bigger than whatever was achieved on the PGA Tour because they're constantly underperforming their potential. That's what I think the PGL could be. And that's how it would succeed. <laughs> that's my bow on the PGL. That was a fucking like spokesman marksman fucking candidate. <laughs> 
Seems like a good bow. I, Let's I, wrap it at I, that. I'm done on yeah, that. I, Thanks I for joining me, should. boys. This was a long one. I think we're actually over three hours. We are. Oh, sure. it's without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> uh, kid, go ahead and wrap us because I think Dave usually does. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you're still here, I'll send you a T-shirt. I'll fucking make T-shirts to send you a fucking T-shirt if you're still here. <laughs> All right. You got to send Clint one then. Um, it's uh, It's incredible. Uh, that we, we've managed to do it for this long. It's incredible that the software is still running, that my computer is still has power because I didn't have this plugged in. It was just running on battery. So kudos to, to the manufacturer on that one. Um, I'm excited for the US Open. And despite it being at Torrey Pines, I think we're going to get a good winner. My money's on uh, Xander Shoffley and Brooks to outperform DJ. So Can't wait for DJ to outperform Brooks. It's going to be a great week, boys. Love it. Thanks for joining us, Clint. Love it. Hey. Hold uh, on. Oh, no, no. We're done. I'm, putting, right. my, I'm putting my headphones down. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Thanks, dude. It was fun. Yeah, yeah for sure. Fun, <laughs>